Hey, this is Billy West from show business. Hello, <laughs> there's nobody there. I don't care if there's anybody there. Um, this is below the belt. I want to show you that. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. The below the belt show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up, goes down. Oh, I got a live one here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's right. It's time for another episode of BTV Below the Belt in the Mother Effing House. I'm your host, Paul Soto, aka Celebrity Soto, host with the most here for your weekly pleasure. That's right. Your weekly eargasm, as they say. <laughs> and uh, somebody. And we, we don't waste, waste time, too, because we don't have writers like the Stupid Late Shows. <laughs> that's true. That means that BTB is immune from all writers and SAG after strikes, that's for sure. But let's go ahead and enter the, the voice that was heard. He is a Sith Lord, believe it or not. He is six foot eight, and you can't teach that. He is Paul Darth Wallace. I am a Sith Lord. <laughs> Darth Paul. I don't know if it's a Darth Maul. Yeah, Darth Paul. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Darth Paul and Darth Maul, but nonetheless, uh, Paul Wallace, six foot eight. You can't teach that. Back on BTB. Good to have you. Thanks. <laughs> you sound so enthused. <laughs> <laughs> and then also joining us um, for the second time, um, actually the second time on BTB 3.0. He's been on BTB 2.0 many moons ago. Uh, the one and only. He is a filmmaker. He is uh, a fan of everything pop culture. Uh, the one and only Mike, the Rainmaker Doherty. Uh, glad to be back. <laughs> Good to have you on PTV. Mike, we literally just came up with that nickname, didn't we? Yeah, it was. Just because uh, where I'm at in Jersey, every time we get on the call for a 3.0, it's raining. It's just, <laughs> it's That's uh, right. I, every time it starts getting dry here, Al. If we need rain, I'm just going to be like, Al, put me on the show because it's going to Yeah, happen. yeah. If, if your plants, you know, your garden needs some. Yeah, uh, in Pennsylvania here, it's dry as anything. We had some rain earlier and that was it. That's right. Uh, tonight we're representing three different states, New Jersey, Maryland, and PA. Um, and uh, this is a very special panel because for once, Big Paul, all three of us do watch pro wrestling. Good. And uh, <laughs> once in a while, uh, we kind of had to fish for uh because, you know, it seems that uh, many, many fans that were fans in the 90s and even the 80s have kind of uh, uh, not kept up. But uh, I'm happy to say all three of us have kept up since our childhood and are still fans. Yeah, I mean, like, 
half the guys in my shirt are dead right now. You know that's, what? That's very true. Let's look at that shirt really quick, Paul. So we have uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yep. We have we have the Undertaker. We have Jake the Snake Roberts, and I can't see the other two. Can you tell me who they're? Okay, who else? let's see. Uh, we got Ultimate Warrior. We got uh, uh, Bret Hart, and I think that's it. Wow, Ultimate so, Warrior, Bret Hart. Oh, yes. Macho Man. And Macho Man. So yeah, we've lost half the people on that shirt, roughly. Isn't Bret Hart the only one we haven't lost? And then Jake the Snake is amazingly still alive. Oh, Jake Snake's still alive. Yeah. 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 It's it's sad. And then of course the most recent one being the Iron Sheik Bubba. You know, break you humble. Break your fucking. You know, it's uh, <laughs> I'm definitely gonna miss uh, the Iron Sheik and his uh his tirades on social media over Hulk Hogan over the years. You know, it's uh, he really but, hated Hulk Hogan, didn't he? <laughs> oh yeah. I was curious if it was a gimmick, you know, like they well, he, were. I mean, it was every gimmick. day. It was. I mean, if it, if it was a gimmick, it would be once in a while, but it was like every day. Mm, yeah. So you really think there was legit heat? Uh, I think. So. Well, the Hulk Hogan buried so many people back in the day when he wrestled, so it's like that's probably what happened. Uh, I don't know. It seems like uh, Hogan, you know, um, was able to put that to the side after Sheik died and actually said yeah. something heartfelt, you know, about the Sheik, if you recall. Hogan, Hogan's really great after people are dead. <laughs> it's good <laughs> PR for him, right? He needs the good PR. Yeah, I mean, like, unless they're like Ric Flair, who's like, seems like he's constantly on death's door. Hogan only seems to go and want to make a, make nice after somebody's passed. Mm. Wow. Interesting, interesting assessment there, Rainmaker. Um, but as usual, we're going to do wrestling at the uh, at the latter half of the program. Tonight, we have a tremendous show from top to bottom. Um, more interviews from the Tribeca Film Festival is yours truly. Al Soto was in attendance. We have our special Walking Dead interviews, man. I am so stoked to present... Um, Six interviews. They're very, very short. So we decided to just kind of group it in two chunks. Uh, at the midway point of the show, we're going to hear Lauren Cohen. Wow, that's right. Maggie from Walking Dead, Dead City. We're going to hear from Bias Charles, one of the new series regulars. And we're also going to hear from Mike Anthony, another um, recurring actor on Dead City, the new spinoff of The Walking Dead. And in the latter half, closing out the show, we got the big ones. We have Jeffrey Dean Morgan. That's right, Negan himself. His wife, Hillary Burton from One Tree Hill. Hillary Burton Morgan, who actually uh, guest starred on on um, The Walking Dead playing Lucille. And Cassidy McClincy, who plays Lydia. Wow. Um, we have some really, cool. really... Really great. Um, again, when you do the red carpet interviews, they tend to be very, very short. And this was definitely the case with Lauren Cohen and Jeffrey D. Morgan. I might have gotten one or two questions from them. So we're going to present them uh, in two parts tonight. So that's our special guest. Um, but nonetheless, we have a tremendous show as we do each and every week here on BTB. Let's throw out some everything going on in the world of entertainment. So here we go. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. Lifestyle, never mention the baby. They're all still playing. 
That's right. Um, entertainment, guys. Wow, this was this is really surprising. So the number one movie last week was The Flash. I kind of expected The Flash to retain its number one spot yeah. because there's no other blockbusters, or even drop to number two. But no, The Flash drops to number three, which is definitely oh, not a good sign. Yeah, if you want The Flash to come back into DCU and James Gunn's DCU, it's not looking good because, I mean, it was a 73% decline in its second I think, weekend. I think they dropped the ball. I think what they should have done. Did you watch? Did you both watch the movie? I, I watched, I watched yeah, The yeah, Flash. Yeah. Okay, I well, was, what I would have done, instead of having a young, young uh, Barry, you should have just went with that. Uh, the one from the TV. You should have went with um, Grant Gustin. That, that Barry and just swap him out and have him die then you know what i mean because i mean Ezra uh, miller i think the, the anchor on the and the ship well the, so the thing, good yeah well i was about to say that 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 the film was already in the can and it was I, I know but i mean no as i said you could have easily just refilmed some of the scenes with grant uh, gustin uh, instead of uh ezra miller like as a young barry and then just kind of that might have saved the movie because okay. you're saying as the forward. I see. So Grant Gustin's the younger version. You're still keeping Ezra Miller. No, you're going to kill Ezra Miller. You you're going to kill Ezra Yeah, and, and, and then you bring in the young Baird, bring in that Grant Gustin to replace him, and then you have a way of moving forward without Ezra Miller mm. being the anchor on the Flash franchise right now. Because I think he's the one, he's the reason that doesn't do as well. Yeah. So I so I think this is where they screwed up. Like, they got rid of the Batgirl to just write yeah. it off the books. Mm-hmm. I think Batgirl would have been the blockbuster that they were hoping it would have been. And then that would have, cause that would have had Michael Keaton's Batman. Right. So yeah. that gives you that like eighties fix. And then you just go, you, you ditch flash to streaming because of so much heat on it with Ezra Miller. Like, I yeah. think it was the, the worst decision in the world to go out with after everything that's gone on and there's no resolution for him. You know, at least with like Jonathan Majors, he's going to court and he's got proof that like this yeah. is, you know, whatever. And there's enough time for, yeah, yeah. There's enough time for us to get past all of that before the next Kang piece comes out. But it was just too soon for the flesh. Yeah, well, plus and Ezra I, Miller, it's not just one thing; it's like multiple things. That's so like just oh, yeah. going on and on. So it's like you just can't get past all that. those. All those things occurred after. Uh, yeah, so filming for the Flash was already done. Like fil- the Flash has been. Yeah, I heard they. Did, I heard they did some reshoots though, because I mean they added more Keaton in there. So it's like when you were doing those, you could just replace would, some of the Ezra Miller, Miller scenes. Think, with... I don't think replacing it with Grant or any other actor would have made sense after it's in the can. They're going to completely so, lose money. What I will. I mean, say they're going to lose money that, either way, but I think that might have saved face a little yeah. bit. That way, you have a way of moving forward with the Flash with a different actor, right. and you. you you ditched Ezra because right now you bring Ezra Miller into a franchise that there's no way for it. I mean, he, he's just going to take the next one too. So mm. here's the thing for me is that like, we've all seen the movie and I don't want to spoil anything, but they've perfectly written out Ezra Miller from the DCU based on the ending. Like they don't have to ever have this flash come back again. Yeah. So no, I, explain, and I don't want to explain your reasoning because uh, at the end we saw, the Flash, and then what came out of a car was the, another version of Batman, which ended up being George Clooney's version of Batman. And, and that's that. Right. The so that wasn't the DCU Batman. Like Clooney, like that yeah. was just a camp. Like he's in a separate universe now. Yeah. Okay. 
and they could just leave him over in a separate universe. Yeah, I guess that is a way forward where you could just say that that Flash was left in a different universe and come forward with somebody else. Now, what about the post-credits scene with Ezra and uh, Jason Momoa, Aquaman and Flash together, uh, being drunk at a bar? So that's still in the same Clooney universe because they at the end they passed the the cafe that he went to and got coffee, and in that universe it's called the Flash Cafe. So he's well, still actually, in the secondary you know, universe. Well, okay. you know what? Actually, that would make sense too because I mean, technically, it wasn't a, a Jason Momoa's character kind of a drunk, and then he learned learned to sober up and become a hero. So it's like maybe yeah. in that universe he's still drunk and he's not a hero in that universe. So it could well, be all different. What, Jason, uh, Aquaman. And what they said. What they said is like in every universe, Jason Momoa is, is Aquaman, where oh, okay. there's different. But that's so that's what he said. He's like in every universe, there's like you're the constant Aquaman, and there's always a Flash, but the Batmans are different. So that leaves the door. Like I know that they're talking about going to Jason Momoa to Lobo, which is I think a far better use of him in a character. Because I think it would be great. I think it would see, be great. see, I don't. The one thing I don't like about that is. Well, he has the same workout thing as I do. Like, I mean, have you seen what he like? Look at the previews for Shark Week. He's not in shape unless he has to be in shape. And right. Lobo, I think, should be in shape more. And I don't think he he wants to train anymore. I think he just kind of wants to be kind of like just average now. I think he's so well, like so what he's training like for Aquaman. We so did see said, that. Good. No, well, what we he said was that a uh, fast X, you know. Yeah, you saw the yeah, fast X, but it's more obvious. Like he put on a lot more weight on the Shark Week commercial. That's he wasn't as ripped right. as he was. And what what Jason Momoa has said is that he will work his ass off and train if they're going to pay him to work his ass off and train. Yeah. If it's Shark Week, who really doesn't care if he's super cut, he's not yeah, going to put right. effort into it. And I, I understand that because I mean I've done the same thing. It's like I'm, I'm like six foot seven. Uh, I've got up to 380 pounds before for a roll. So it's like, it's like yeah. right now I'm about like 320, but if I get down to 280, I'm kind of ripped. So it's like, and right yeah. now I am training for a roll, but it's like, but I mean, I'm, that entails like running 10 miles a day and tails just eating stuff you that's not tasty. It's just like a lot of egg whites, a lot of that kind of stuff. Right. A lot yeah, of chicken so and broccoli. Chicken mm-hmm. and broccoli, egg whites. Yeah. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. So it's interesting. We're talking about DC. I was going to get, you know, in a mode to talk about this later, but we're talking about DC already. Let's talk about the huge news, guys. Yes, they have decided on a Superman and Lois Lane. This is breaking news, guys. It's Superman Legacy. DCU's, I uh, believe, first film is going to be the Superman Legacy, and it's David Sweat. And I just hung out, hung out with her this past Saturday in New York, seeing her Broadway play. Um, which was awesome. Called tiny the in person. He is five three and very very cute. <laughs> Sydney Burstein's window. The sign of Sydney Burstein's window, which by the way only has one more weekend of shows. Rachel Brosnahan is Lois Lane. Yes, David okay. Horn Sweat and Rachel Brosnahan are your new. What, what is he? What is, what is he known for? I, I've never heard of him before. So David Cornsweat, if you look at his IMDb, uh, he got his start in The Politician on Netflix, and okay. then he was in Baltimore's Own, We Own This City. He worked very closely with our buddy Trey Cheney as a cop, and he's going to be appearing in another Baltimore-based series, Lady in the Lake. So he's got an uh, interesting tie into Baltimore. Yeah, I wonder if I worked with him and they even know because I mean I worked a lot on We Own the City, but 
Yeah, David Cornsweat. Uh, yeah, he had a really nice role with with our buddy uh, uh, Trey Cheney. And um, you know, he's not a household name, but he has some incredible credits. And I think it's a good move. You know, you're casting. I mean, does he look like? Yeah, look him up. Look him up, man. He he's got okay. that look, man. He the dude's got a look. Um, he kind of looks like a taller version of uh, maybe a combination of. Uh, of the Tyler Hoechlin and the Henry Cavill, maybe, you know, he's kind of got that, 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 and you got to have that chiseled jawline, you know, good look about yeah. you. Um, so, yeah, and, I mean, I would say he's definitely, if you where Brandon, Brandon Routh looked more like Christopher Reeves, David, uh, Corin sweat looks more like a young Henry Cavill. Yes. Like a little bit closer to Tom to Welling than Henry Cavill, but yes. Yeah. Yes, I See, think that, that's great. one I, I think kind of got the raw deal. I think Tom Welling would have been a good one to just give well, the nod to. Tom I mean, is, I know he's a little older. He's in his forties. So yeah. James Gunn really wants to focus on a, an early thirties, and, and and actually David's actually twenty nine. I looked up their ages, and Rachel Brosnan, even though they're going for like a twenty early thirties, she is I believe thirty two. Yeah, um, she's so they're rough too. Not that yeah, that matters. Not that that matters, you know. She still looks. Well, amazing. I, I did hear uh, Cavill's in uh, close talks to James Bond, from what I hear, but I don't know how close that is. I think that's yeah. They haven't made an official announcement, but he is in talks. They, they said his, they said his audition was awesome. So I think yeah. he's a he's an excellent choice. Henry Cavill's an excellent choice, especially because he's leaving one big franchise in the DC EU, and uh, everybody loved uh, Henry Cavill's version of Superman. I haven't heard anyone say, "Oh, he was not a great Superman." He was a fantastic Superman. Well, yeah, and he already kind of played like a James Bond on Mission Impossible, the guy with the mustache. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I will say my thing. only issue with Henry Cavill's Superman was not Henry Cavill, where it's not his performance, but mm-hmm. I, Zack Snyder should just do a Batman movie. Like, Superman is supposed to be light and hope. Like, he's supposed yeah. to be, like, you know, uh, for all intents, a, a Boy Scout, like Lois would call Yeah, yeah when he broke uh, Zod's neck, that was kind of against what Superman would do. Well, it's and the whole thing was if I it was like Zack Snyder does a lot of dark stuff. I mean, I, I like I like yeah. most of Zack Snyder stuff. I don't think it was bad. It's just that I just think he didn't capture the character as well. Right. Mm-hmm. I that's the part that I agree with is that I think he was a, a great Superman, and I hate to say this, but like I think Joss Whedon got Superman right in his version of Justice League. Okay. And that's about the only part he got right. It's the only part he got right, yeah. So he didn't get a good break. Um, and I think for this DCU to work, you got to uh, change the core cast so it looks fresh and new. But although they were bringing in like a John Cena peacemaker and some of the Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure they're going to be brought into the fold somehow. Uh, I'm sure more Margot Robbie's going to be back too from Suicide oh, Squad. Well, we got Lady Gaga, you know, as Harley Quinn and Folly Ado, Joker too. See, I don't, I don't like that one either. I mean, I, I think that casting choice was weird. It's like. I don't, I just, I mean, I think she's a fine actress, but I just don't think she has the comedic chops. You need something with a, some comedic chops for Harley Quinn. I would, I would agree with you if I hadn't learned my lesson of saying that kind of crap about Michael Keaton. Like, we all are old enough to remember when Michael Keaton was selected as Batman, and it was like, how's yeah, well, he Yeah, well, I mean, even like, what, like, I mean, I was all disappointed when you heard, uh, uh, the guy from Breakback Mountain got a cast as Joker. It's like, who would have expected Heath Ledger to do a great job? It's like, right. I mean, everybody was also, we're like, why did you do that? It's yeah. like, that made no sense. 
So I, I'm going to give Gaga a pass until we actually see what she's got. Looks like you should. We're going to see what they do first, of course. So, But here's the, but, what's uh, going to be interesting to see is that they've already announced that James Gunn's Batman movie is going to be Bruce Wayne with Damian Wayne. So it's an older Batman. That's right. Interesting. Uh, so, so you have an older Batman in this universe with a younger No, no, Superman. I kind of wonder, do you think they're going to actually go with, like, since it's older Batman, do you think that the reason it was Clooney is because they're going to go with Clooney as the older Batman? Ooh, uh, Clooney has, has said he doesn't really want to put the suit back on. But then again, yeah. that was, remember, his old role was campy. If he does this more serious, he might actually want to do it. Maybe. but And remember, he hasn't had like a good movie in a while, so it's like... Well, he doesn't need it, man. He's got enough money. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, yeah, his wife has a lot of money. He has yeah. a lot of money. But I'm just saying, it's like it would make... It would kind of fit because his age is just the right age to have like a son young enough. So, And it's like, why? Yeah. I mean, I I know the homage to bring well, him in, but it's like, well, they already established he's in the universe now with Ezra Miller and not bringing Ezra right. back. And then I'll just click, uh, create. But more they were confusion. talking about bringing Ezra back too, so that was the other thing. So it's like I wonder if that's that's uh, been... that might have been um, just hearsay, you know. Well, I, we were I don't also going to get if this did, if this did well, we were going to get Batman Beyond with Michael Keaton as like the older Batman. And I think and a Batman Beyond would work. I think that would right, Batman but, would just kill it in the box office i just don't think uh, i think Ezra miller was the only thing to think this movie i even like supergirl i mean oh she she's was awesome. not a supergirl but i think she did a good job yeah she's fantastic yeah she, she so, you know so, who cares if she wasn't blonde and you know mm-hmm. didn't fit the, the typical uh look of, yeah. of supergirl from past iterations she did a phenomenal job she looks great she acted i just, well, I just so. feel bad for keaton because this would have been like his third opportunity to come back as batman and batman beyond and Batgirl was shelved. We'll never see that. Um, this tanked, so any chance for Batman Beyond with Keaton is pretty much gone. See, I, I don't know if I don't know if you're right about that. It's like I think they will do a Batman Beyond with Keaton. I think that would be a smart thing to do because I think if they look at what the scores are and what people are saying, I, they like Keaton. So I think if they are smart, they do a Batman Beyond with Keaton because Batman Beyond's popular and Keaton did his role is fine. I mean. Even Ezra Miller did good act. His acting was good, but his reputation, his nobody reputation wants to take, a, take kids to go yeah. see a guy who was accused of grooming people. It's like, that's just the reality of it. That's the reality of it. But let's, let's throw out the, the rest of the top five. Um, so the number one movie, believe it or not, is Spider-Verse. Across the Spider-Verse, back at its number one spot with 19.3 million. Did you guys see that one? I did. Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I uh, enjoyed. Should I... Well, you know, the the ending, the, you heard about the controversy now with the new end, with the ending, right? The controversy with the ending? I mean... What, so, what's hold on. So, you have two controversies. You have that there's multiple versions of the movies in the theaters, which has been proven. There's, like, subtle, like, like depending on where you're going to see it, yeah. you get subtle changes. Have they announced yeah. that the ending changed depending on where you go to see it? Uh, no, what, what, I, what I heard, because this one, the one I saw, was to be continued... Yeah, yeah. And I heard Lord and Miller are both extremely pissed off because they pushed it back to 2026. So oh. it's just going to be so far back. It's like it's going to be out of people's minds. And I think that's going to hurt that franchise. No, because the second one was several years after the first one. And, yeah, but the second yeah. one wasn't a direct continuation. That's the thing. When you continue yeah, a movie, it wasn't a direct continuation. It was a separate story. No, no, no. It's the direct yeah. continuation because you remember the end of the first one, like the sky, his ceiling opens up. 
and she's like, "You want to come through and hang out?" So then they call back to that. Oh, okay. The well, that was, yeah, but that was kind of like they like, but then say to be continued and wasn't ready for the last fight. So it's like there wasn't a cliffhanger. Sure. Yeah, there yeah. wasn't a cliffhanger, but it is a continuation. But yeah, that's the number one movie again. It's crazy that that's number one, and then Elemental from Disney Pixar is second place with eighteen point five million. That that's considered a flop for Disney. Well, that's. That might be a flop for Pixar in general. They say Pixar might be in trouble. I think Gangrel Vaster, I mean, with the Me Too thing, I know what he did might have been wrong, but he wasn't over the top. I heard his problem was he just hugged people. It's like, that's re- I don't really see anything wrong with that. You know what I mean? It's not like he wait, wait, like, who, did it. Wait, who were oh. you alluding to? Uh, John Vaster, the guy who was in charge of Pixar. No, he's he got rid of. Vaster's been gone for a while. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think if he was under the helm, I think all the Pixar stuff would have been better. But right now, you're just doing the same films over and over with Pixar with just different characters. Their storylines no. are the same. They don't have any. So here's here's what I will say. This was like opening weekend for Elemental. And they've mm-hmm. done $124,000 worldwide on a $200,000 budget. Or $224 million worldwide yeah, yeah, right. on a $200 million budget. They're going to make their money back next weekend. Like it may not be, and and this is as a filmmaker, this is a conversation I keep having with people. Like you look at things like uh, black Adam and people are like, it bombed black Adam did the exact same numbers that captain America did when it first came out. And we're looking now 10 years later and we're expecting everything to come out. It has to do. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying like in general, it's just, it's not the hit they needed to save. Disney's Disney's like sinking right now and they're going to take a bigger hit from, I don't know if you guys know about the Hulu thing or not. Disney has to play by Hulu. I had has to give Comcast a ton of money for their share of Hulu and they, they don't have it. Rumors. They might sell Lucasfilm. They might sell some of the parks. They might even sell Pixar. Lucasfilm. That would be crazy. if they Well, anyway, I don't know if if it's true, but I heard there are offers and rumor is Lucas might be one of the ones who's made an offer, but that's kind of bananas. But, uh, but the number four Um, movie is um, Jennifer Lawrence's raunchy comedy. No hard feelings. So Jennifer Lawrence took a little bit of a hiatus from acting, but uh, yeah, it made 15 million and it'll probably make more. And um, it's a pretty cool premise. uh, Pretty funny. premise. So she's, Who's an Uber driver who accepts a Craigslist ad to date an introverted 19-year-old boy uh, before he goes to college. And, uh, I mean, apparently there was a little bit of, like, controversy because, like, you know, is, is she taking advantage of a young guy? Because they said, do you mean date him or date him as in fuck oh, him? Like, that's right. what they're saying. And then they say, date him hard. And then she goes, I'll date his brains out. <laughs> and you know it sparked a little bit of a media backlash well which is the creepy concept of it's crazy to say that jennifer lawrence is an older woman now <laughs> she was just a young girl in, yeah. in hunger games and now she's the older woman um and this and this uh role right here and uh another funny story about uh jen lawrence is that she was doing a press junket for her film no hard feelings and um, she just shot right before one of her interviews, the Hot Ones YouTube show where celebrities eat the hot wings, right? And apparently she violently threw up after oh, eating the spicy chicken wings 
And of course, um, she threw up violently afterwards. <laughs> and she went upstairs to her suite, her holding suite, and she vomited and it took a turn for the worse. Um oh, uh, <laughs> I thought it was a funny story that she shared with the, the, the press junket that she was doing for her film. Whoever um, publicist booked that schedule for her needs to be fired. <laughs> Eating like, spicy hot wings, right? Before that? Yeah, let's go send you to spicy hot wings where you're going to get decimated right before you're supposed to go talk to the press right exactly <laughs> exactly yeah that's that's not good and the number five movie is transformers rise of the beats 11.6 million so that's a top five Do you know um, did you guys watch that one too i mean i thought that one was decent it's like i i didn't see it did you see it do you have a good review for it i think it was pretty good the only drawback was you were under impression before when Bumblebee ended they were going to go to G1, which they probably should have went to G1, then went to this. It would have made more sense. But it's like, okay. I just, I guess you're just trying to get the 90s generation in because, I mean, the Beast War thing. But so, mm. I, mean, I, think, I thought it was okay. It's a lot better than the earlier Michael Bay, Bay films. It looks like there's actually some structure to it. It looks was like it better than Bumblebee because Bumblebee was. Yeah, it, it was on par with Bumblebee. I mean, I don't think it was anything okay. super, super special, but I think it was decent. I think I had a better story it's like it just seemed it seems to lead more to a overall arcing story than just being whatever you know what i mean not being robots just blowing each other up so okay well, i think the problem honestly my problem and i don't know that this isn't i think the problem with the series my problem is that when they rebooted bumblebee i wish they would have just re visually rebooted the character because now you have this like splintered timeline where Bumblebee's yeah. supposed to be mm -hmm. the same car that Shia LaBeouf has picked up, and all of these stories take place before that. Yeah. Like you're having similar storylines that happens in the Michael Bay versions. Like, the continuity is just completely... I wish they would have just gone with a G1 yes. design, started all over again, let Bumblebee... Well, they should have the... kept him as the... Honestly, you're right. I think they should have kept him as the Volkswagen till later on, yeah. and then it would have just... Yeah, it's a mess. I mean, they say it's soft reboot, but they're still going back. So, and but anyways, look exactly. And actually, there, there's. There, do you want me to give away the the? Are you guys gonna watch it or no? I'll watch it. Well, a, if it's okay with Michael, I think you can talk about. Yeah, it. go ahead. I'm easy. You could get. You could spoil everything. I'll watch it again. It doesn't matter. Okay. Well, after the credits, it looks like the next movie is going to be GI Joe vs Transformers. Oh, Michael Kelly that. came in, and Michael Kelly was like interviewing the one guy, and he was like, "Hey, uh, we might want you for a special project." And he pushes his button at this pizza shop, and it's like a whole thing, and it's he gives him his card, and it's a GI Joe symbol on the card. So Michael Kelly's apparently like a GI Joe agent now. So nice. now, is this going to be like Dwayne Johnson GI Joe, or is this going to be like? Um, I, I think hopefully they reboot it without Dwayne Dwayne Johnson. I hope they do a normal stuff. I mean, I'm a big GI Joe fan. I mean. I, I hope if they're smart, they would contact Larry Hammond right off the bat, the guy who created every character for G.I. Joe. He's a comic book artist. He knows right. his stuff. He's the one who should be... Oh, oh that's wow. cool. That. <laughs> but he's You're the right one there. who should there be in is. charge of like at least the storyline. He's like the Stan Lee of G.I. Joe. So I think yeah. he could fix that line. So, But you need Michael's... him involved. You can't do all these random... Like the Snake Eyes thing was bad. I think Chuckles, oh if God. it was done right, could have been good. Because they were talking about doing that, but I don't know if that would ever take off or not. So, Michael, what did you show us for the listening audience? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, for the listening audience, what I just pulled out was the was Transformers, GI Joe, Decepticon, uh, and Baroness, 
where Me- Megatron hit, transforms into the tank. So it's basically the cross. Yeah, that was a cool piece. Too. Yeah, yeah. So I love that. That is amazing. I think that's a one. great idea. They haven't done so live that crossover is going to be awesome if they do it. They should do it, yeah, and hopefully that will be uh, come to fruition based on that post credit scene you told me about. That that's great. I didn't even know. So Michael Kelly's only in the post credit scene. He's only in the post credit scene, and as I said, he nice. he you just saw it originally. He was just some guy, business guy, and then like he handed the guy the card and pushed a button on the wall. And so so it looks like that's leading into. Oh, that's gonna be dope. Well, July is a big month for blockbusters. What's coming out? Well, f- uh, four huge films. We have Indiana Jones and a Dial of Destiny, which I know Paul has a lot of opinions on. We have Greta Gerwig's Barbie with my favorite, Margot Robbie. And we have Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan's atomic bomb drama. That actually drops on the same day as Barbie, which is crazy. The 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 thing is, uh, Oppenheimer, just because they had a TV show that was almost identical, I just don't think it's going to do well. I mean, I, I like Christopher Nolan. I think it's a good story, but it's like it's already been done. I think it's going to do well because it's Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Even though, even though they had that AMC show that was basically the same premise. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Nolan's got a huge fan base of like cinemaphiles that are going to go out and see whatever he puts out. Because he, when he does yeah. it, he does like next gen tech for uh, filmmakers. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for that, but uh, yeah, I mean, we already heard Paul's opinion on on. Um, well, my Jones opinion on Indiana Jones is, as I said, I've, I've and this has been confirmed. They did change the ending because the original ending did suck, which I think is a good idea. But so you're looking forward to this new ending? I think it's going to be better than it would have been, but I think it's just going to be too much of a mess because the way they had it written before. I mean, you had a, they had it written before where. A flea bag basically was going to take over to Indiana Jones' role, mm. and like back in the past, and take like every adventure he had, get the artifacts and then just give them back to individual the people they Indigenous they people. took them from. It's like it right. just doesn't. It it's just so. May, basically, what you're saying is Indiana Jones was nothing, and he's not worth anything, and he's and that's not what the fans want. I mean, if you if you pass torture, at least. Or what they should have done is just do like the James Bond thing and just bring a younger Anna Jones in too, because Harrison Ford, uh, I think, is a great no. actor. I did disagree. Or, or even what Sarah's- if they did like like young Indiana Jones? I liked. What if they did the young Indiana Jones thing when he was telling a story about his past mm-hmm. and have some young guy like even like I think uh, Chris Pratt would be a good Indiana Jones because right. he has that same Mike, type of mentality. Mike's, Mike's wheels are turning. Let's hear what Mike has. No, no, no Mike. Well, so I, I haven't seen the movie. I like. I'm. I don't. You can spoil it for me. It's not going to matter. Oh, it's the not. Only not thing, <laughs> the I've just heard rumors. From, the only thing I want from this movie is at the end of the movie, Harrison Ford's Indy is wearing an eye patch to call all the way back to young Indiana Jones. Because in well, young Indiana be Jones, they show. The old indie and he's got a black eye patch and they never explain what happened yeah uh, okay and as long as it's not a cat like that's actually like an octopus creature that takes his eye out <laughs> the flirting now are either of you gonna see barbie yes yeah oh see God, you know what I, I really wasn't not gonna see it but watching the previews it's like i almost want to see it because it's like Good. it looks like it's the toy to become like i guess it's a she's a toy and somehow she becomes real based on yeah, the. she comes into the, the real time. world yeah, mm-hmm. and it's a completely I, it gives me neon. like strong elf vibes. Yep, wow. I think it's gonna be a lot, a lot of fun. 
And interestingly enough, you can actually rent the Malibu Barbie dream house that they use in the movie. And it's in Malibu, California. Uh, and you can get that on Airbnb. And uh, uh, pretty, Is that pretty what you're going to do now? <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to rent it. I mean, if Margot Robbie's going to be there. Uh, <laughs> I'll ask permission first. But, uh, but nonetheless, uh, I think it would be uh, I think it would be fun if you have the money. And if you're a fan enough of the Barbie franchise, you should see it. I mean, do you now, like that a, casting change or do you not agree with that casting change? Which are, what, what change are you alluding to? Well, originally, well, wasn't it supposed to be, what's her name? Um, Amy uh, Schumer, right? Amy Schumer, yeah. Yeah, and oh my Barbie? God, no. Yeah, yeah Amy I, Schumer was um, originally supposed to be Barbie, and no. it's just, I, I just can't see it. Oh my Amy God. Amy Schumer and as so, a Barbie, but not the Barbie. No, not she the, was going to be the Barbie, because she was going to be no, a star no. of the movie. No, no, I would not have seen this movie. No. <laughs> agreed. No. Oh my God, so agreed with that. That is Yeah, a I mean, look, nothing against Amy yep. Schumer. I just watched her 2023 Netflix special, which was really, really good. But like, okay, good. Margot Robbie has the a the looks to look like a Barbie doll, and yep. b the comedy skills to pull off like that like fish out of water thing that's going. Yeah. On. Oh yeah, she's got. And, uh, and I think it would have just been like Amy Schumer as Barbie. Amy Schumer. Of, yeah. <laughs> it would have been just so frivolous, no doubt. Um, I'm really looking forward to this movie. I don't know if you guys checked out the Drive Away Dolls trailer. In fact, yes. I was begging for an audition because my Pittsburgh-based agent was casting for it. But nonetheless, I did oh, not. Oh wait, wait, is that the one from uh, the Russo brothers? That's the Cohen. Well, not the Cohen brothers, but one of the. I Cohen mean, the Cohen brothers. brothers yeah, because yeah, yep, that's right. That's the one I auditioned that's, for. That's I got so you auditioned and I didn't. God damn it! But nonetheless, but, but didn't, it's like I, I didn't. I didn't get it. You didn't book it, but nonetheless, you auditioned. But this is directed by Ethan Cohen, one of the, and of course, he's not joined. I didn't know what it was called Cowboy. because originally it was just an untitled Ethan Cohen movie. I was like, That's okay, right. That's right. So, um, it stars Margaret Qualley, Geraldine Wiswatawan. Vis- 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 I can't pronounce that name. Uh, Beanie Feldstein, who's uh, Jonah Hill's uh, little sister. Pedro mm-hmm. Pascal, the Mandalorian and from The Last of Us. Coleman Domingo from Fear the Walking Dead and Bill Camp. And Matt Damon. It's got a hell. The cast is stacked. It is stacked. Um, it's a 1950. Um, what is it? Oh no, no, that's not. That's another movie. That's Asteroid City. That's the 1950 set sci-fi comedy. But um, so yeah, basically it's um, it's a uh, Margaret Qualley's character, Free Spirit, um, and her friend. They need to I guess embark on a road trip to Tallahassee, and things get crazy. And um, yeah, it's just a, just a crazy adventure of the two of them. Um, and they run into all, I guess, the, all the other characters that we mentioned. Um, the Pedro Pascal. Oh, I know a scene. I had a scene on my phone. Yeah, the scene. So in I don't want you to happen, but I mean, I, so it's the, early in the movie. But the role you read for, are you allowed? Are you allowed to talk about it? Is this, is this a? Um, well, I don't know. I, I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I don't I know if I have it. I, I guess if I don't read the whole thing. I, I guess I couldn't. I think if it's not out yet. Um, I, I can't I'll wait. I'll, I'll talk about it afterwards. But I, I do have seen that movie written. And I don't know if they, the way I played it, because I mean, I do, I'm a, I do comedy. It's like I played it more comical than I think they would have liked, but I just wanted to do it the way I wanted to do it. So it's like okay. if I played it more serious, I probably would have got the role. But I did get a callback, I think. It is a comedy. Wait, you got a callback too? Mm-hmm. So you were close to booking so this I, I had to send in, I had to send in the, uh, I had to send in a couple tapes. So. 
Oh my God, Paul, that would have been a career changer if you booked that. Now, I don't know if I could have done it though. Because I mean, the thing is, remember my medical condition. I mean, at the time. I know you got yeah, but back. again, with my medical condition, it's like I couldn't be vaccinated, and there was a vaccine, so I don't know if that would have affected me yeah. or not. So even if I got it, I don't know if I would have been able to do it. You don't. You don't have to worry about that anymore. That's already been changed. Well, no, but at the time when it was filming, that was the issue. Right. Right. Of course. Well, it's interesting. You had a callback for that film, and. Uh, but I mean, I could be honest with you. I mean, like every like when I was filming on uh, what was that um, Mayor of Easttown uh uh. No, mayor of, yeah, mayor, of, yeah, mayor of Easttown. No, mayor of Kingstown. I get them both Ma- mixed mayor up. Mayor of Kingstown, not to be confused with mayor of Easttown. Yes, I get them both mixed up. But show. I was going on mayor of Kingstown up there. I mean, like to not make you like eight hundred people said they all auditioned for roles on that or, or put in for that role and they never got called. Oh yeah. All different oh, uh, different tapes. So so don't feel bad that you didn't get a. It's just well, that I, there wasn't I, many people that got. I auditioned for mayor of, of Kingstown, yes, several times. No, I'm talking about like people I know on the set. All those people put in for that movie, and they didn't, right. they didn't taper anything. So it's like, well, you know what? Hey, you so, know, I mean, I'm just so don't feel bad. It was like a lot of people. It was just one of those things, I guess. That That's okay. Those, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with it. You know, um, it would have been awesome if you booked it because I would have billed you as uh, the star of uh, Driveway Dolls, I know but I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Anything I would have been a star. I had a role on that, that would have probably been big is like uh, when they were doing that. What do you call it? I mean, I auditioned for a part on uh, uh, the president is missing, and of course I got canceled when the COVID thing started. So it's like that's yeah, yeah. Well, you know who's making a comeback, which is crazy. The one and only Amber Heard. So as you know, she's in DCEO's last film, uh, Aquaman, Aquaman Two, but. Maybe, maybe, well, okay, maybe, maybe it's a little, you know, uh, exaggeration on my part, but uh, there was a film, a festival in Sicily called the Tarmina Film Festival and the premiere of her In the Fire film. And I remember her talking about uh, this film during her, her highly publicized trial with Johnny Depp saying that, yeah, I did an independent film. Well, it did have a red carpet premiere. And um, apparently, you know, she was still greeted by a crowd of fans and she wasn't kind of, she wasn't harassed by any Johnny Depp fans. I guess it's a little bit different in Italy. Yeah. I don't feel like if it was in the U S she, yeah, she might've got, got but, but the thing but is also it's like people reception. like don't realize like sometimes those actors that are on the outs, they get a lot of independent films. Like, I mean, supposedly, uh, uh, Kevin space is getting a lot of work right now uh, overseas, not in this country, but uh, overseas. So it's like, just cause they're cheap. Because you could get them a talent that's cheap, and that's what they're doing. That's that's, that's what a lot of actors that are, are have you know been canceled or, or you know yeah or by, by you know been a part of the Me Too movement have been going overseas and they've been getting hired. And this film, I think, I believe, is an Italian film. I, I think I think this is one of her. Yeah, so as I said, like uh, overseas, it's like the, there's plenty of work for people who've been canceled in this country. I think that's what they do. It's like yeah. So I'm really curious to see. How they ended all with Aquaman too, Amber Heard's character. I'm curious if they they're gonna edit it. Actually, what they should have done, they should have like a, that. That's something they should have done. They could have went into like that's something the Flash could have done. He could have been like, hey, uh, your wife looks a lot different now. She's a bit. <laughs> that's how you can replace her right then and there. Yeah. Um. So we already talked about the new Superman and new Lois Lane and. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, Rachel Brosnan is fantastic. I got to check out an amazing Broadway play. It's called The Sign in Sydney Burstons Window. Also starring is the one and only Oscar Isaac, Poe Dameron her- himself. 
Um, and um, for whatever reason, Poe didn't come out uh, from the stage door to greet everybody, but Rachel Brosnan did, and I talked to her. And during the time I talked about her, can you believe Rachel Brosnan was on Below the Belt show during what? her during during her role on, on House of Cards when she was just starting out? You know, she hadn't okay. had many credits to the Rebelt. Yep. And because of my work on House of Cards, I was getting like Michael Kelly and a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of the actors, Derek Cecil from House of Cards, you know. And I got Speaking Rachel Brosnan. Kind of me, so I want to roll on G.I. Joe now because I, I did his <laughs> film for free. So it's like, hey, I did your film for free. Just bring me on G.I. Joe. I'll be fine. Yeah. So so I reminded Rachel about the interview and said, she said, yeah, oh, my God, that was so long ago. You know, it was really cool. It's like, yeah, I worked I worked, you know, on set a lot. You know, I was. uh some staffer work and various different roles, like a crazy patient, you know, um, anxious patient, uh, blah, blah, blah. We talked for a very, you know, but she took the time to say hi to everybody, take photos and, you know, get a couple like, oh, you know, nice. comments, you know, and yeah, you uh, see a lot of oh, that, stage score, that stage score is going to be nuts this week now with that announcement of James Gunn's movie. That's right. This is the final weekend. Uh, if you want to see, um, um sign in sydney versus window you got to see it um you should see it and it's this weekend's the final weekend and yeah that means that she's off to uh probably start production on on superman now that marvelous mrs mazel has uh wrapped you know that's that cool. that show is all wrapped up so we will see what happens there um is superman now, gonna um, be first or is it gonna be suicide squad too or suicide uh, on the calendar, Superman Legacy is the first DCU movie. Okay. So gonna... I, I heard Blue Beetle is actually the first DCEU movie. Yes. Well, I, heard that, I heard that's part of the other series, wasn't it? Wasn't it still part yeah. of the Snyderverse? It's interesting because they, this, they're, they're making this announcement before seeing the success of Blue Beetle. Right. So maybe they're, they're maybe they're saying, well, we want Cholo Maradona because of the you know, success of Cobra Kai. We want him to be the Blue Beetle in our universe. Which could be it, but would the movie necessarily be a part of the DCU? I don't know. It's because yeah, uh, originally that was uh, going to be listed as the last. I think Aquaman and that were supposed to be the last movies on the Snyderverse. They are. But, uh, they are. Well, the, the, then they should have. They should have released Aquaman prior. Right. Blue, yeah. Beetle, Blue Beetle, like uh, the, as well, the well, I, I don't know because if you released the prior, I don't know if they ever, if you released the like. Too soon, I think the Amber Heard thing would have tanked it, kind of like the Ezra Miller thing's tanking this and that. I think they're kind of worried about that. You know what I yeah. mean? Okay. Well, another interesting thing James Gunn said in a recent interview of a podcast, which we'll not name the other podcast because we only mentioned our friends' podcast and our podcast, Below the Belt Show. Uh, Gunn is the new, uh, as you know, co-boss of DC Studios with Peter Safran. He talked about... Um, how he's going to be very careful with the product that they put out and making sure everything is good as it can possibly be. And he stressed that lazy storytelling has been an issue in the superhero genre at the moment. Well, you know who that was knock on, right? Ah, uh, there's I'm a knock not, on somebody there. Who, who do you think he's not? He's taking a knock on. Um, I have a hunch that's a knock on the Marvel universe and the way because I, I personally do you know a lot of stuff a lot of stories in Marvel just kind of seem to be kind of repetitive. They're just and you're just yeah. using same stuff over and over. Even Star Wars has gotten kind of got like that. So I mean, okay. yeah, he said that um people have gotten lazy and there's a lot of bit how bam wham stuff happening. Like I guess yep. he's kind of alluding to 
just, just, just two more. It's just oh, it's, it's it's Transformer. It's it's a Transformer storylines like it's action over substance, and I think that's bad. Yeah. I think you need to have a storyline and characters people care about because they don't care about the characters. It's like it just makes well, no he, sense. So he also said, "I'm watching third acts of superhero films where I really just don't feel like there's a rhyme or reason to what's happening." So pretty much what you said, Paul. Right. Um, there is no rhyme or reason what's happening. Um, and um, and I don't care about the characters. It's gotten very generic. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And he said he likes the serious superhero movies. He likes the com- comedic superhero movies. I like yeah. the ones that are murder mystery, but with superheroes, I like to see these different types of stories as opposed to seeing the same story told over and over again. Yeah. So there's a an allegory that people are making from Guardians of the Galaxy 3 where Kevin Feige is uh oh crap the big the big scene is the big bad guy of mm-hmm. uh marvel and james gunn is rocket because there's the line in guardians 3 where mm-hmm. he's just like how you know you're you're a dumb rat how could you figure this out better than i am and people have asked james gunn they're like is this kind of like your your dig and he won't acknowledge he like kind of smiles like he's like yeah. like i wrote that in there it's kind of my jab of how i figured it out in the end Oh, you're right, because if you think about the story of like that, like, I mean, the villain's main thing was, hey, let's just do the same things over and over until we until people like it. Like, I mean, like the world, like he had the world with all animals. He had the world. He just kept trying to make his perfect thing. And by doing the same story over and over, it's like that was the problem you ran into with X-Men. It's like you have two Dark Phoenix stories, which really were not necessary. It's like, that's right. That's right. There were two of them. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Um, let's throw a couple more movie things uh, and wrap up that segment, go into TV a little bit and take a classic cut break. Uh, Paddington, Paddington 3, which is a film I don't really care about, but they just announced Antonio Banderas, Rachel Zegler, and Olivia Coleman uh, in the third film of the series. Right. And then now, also Emily Moore. How does that work? Because wasn't that under the Weinstein Company? Does because that was the last thing he put out before he went to jail the paddington films uh, i yeah i I didn't know about weinstein's association because they they said oh that was his big thing before he went to jail they say he was going to use the money for that to try to pay for his legal defense wow i didn't know about that yeah oh the the issue with anything weinstein is weinstein's always acted as a subsidiary so you have like the parent film company who owned it so they because like, like Dogma, like he owns Dogma, and you can't like that's why Dogma's not on DVD or anything right now because you can't yeah. get it because he owns the rights for it and he's in jail. So, well, he's that's the one movie so, we haven't seen on streaming. You're right. Uh, being in Jersey, Kevin Smith's got the movie theater just a, an hour north of me. Okay. So he shows up every once in a while and does like Q and A's or like like he did a weekend of Watch the Flash with Kevin. Before no, if you see him, he needs thing. to get get on his He-Man lore and get the He-Man hold, thing hold, fixed. Hold on, let's let's hear what Michael's okay. gonna say because that he's gonna uh, get Dogma may be coming home sooner than people expect. Okay, so good, good. Uh, for Weinstein, I think it was just about a, a number that he needed to get. Like Weinstein had a number that he wanted, which was probably what's gonna cost his legal fees. I don't know. That's me speculating. That's okay. nothing. Kevin yes. Said. And Kevin but, is willing uh, to pay that. He's willing to pay that to get or, dog. Or he's back. found somebody that's willing to pay it. Right. Right. So that makes sense. Okay, good. Because that was one of the better Kevin Smith films. Uh, I'll yeah. be honest with you. It was fantastic. It was controversial, but it was mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. So 
I haven't seen any of these uh, Paddington films, so I really can't comment about They're it. They're cute. But, They're uh, really cute. Yeah. yeah so we are not the target them. intended audience. I don't think no, I mean, so. I, I think what it is, I think it's it's kind of like a cheaper version of doing like a Disney type of film for younger kids. That's kind of like that has some nostalgia to it. The Paddington Bears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, Emily Mortimer has been tapped to replace Sally Hawkins and Mrs. Brown, the family matriarch, which I didn't know. So some casting announcements for that show and an update on the uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids reboot. Drunk which uh, Rick Moranis was going to return. Um, he took a long hiatus from acting. And apparently they're about to start and then COVID hit in 2020. And then the schedule of the actors started conflicting. And apparently they haven't gone back to revisit starting production again. So Josh Gad said, if people want to see the reboot come to life, they should reach out to Disney and let the company know they're interested in it. And uh, apparently there's an issue with that. There's I don't think Disney has the money right now. I'm pretty sure Disney's hurting for money. I don't if it's going to be if it's not started yet, they're not going to start until they're, they're done with what they're done to, to get some money back. Well, I, I think more than anything, um, you have the WGA strike and you have all the strikes going on. Yeah, that's right. That's Nobody's right. doing anything for the next six months. Like I have friends at some of the studios, oh, wow. like everybody's on hold. So regardless, of, like right. this is actually like the perfect time for Disney to kind of put a pause on things and make money off of theme parks and stuff, which they're making money off hand over fist with theme parks because attendance has gone Absolutely. way back. Absolutely. Yep. Well, I, well the, the thing think, is though, with the theme parks though, I, they're, I don't think Disney changed enough with the times like universal. They like universal. Disney has the legacy stuff like star Wars. They have Mickey mouse, but universal has the more modern stuff, which I think we're, will hit millennials and younger people more like Harry Potter, Mario, those properties, I think, are, and now they're going to do Lord of the Rings. It's like, how do you, Disney can't compete with that. I think the parks are going to take out a huge hit. It's uh, one thing when I, the Universal just had Back to the Future and stuff like that. They were kind of like, eh. But I mean, but those are the hugest things. I mean, like, think about it. Harry Potter and Mario, Trump, Mickey Mouse, and Star Wars at this point. That's why it's Universal like, has been a, a consistent competitor. And Universal Studios has been a, a, a really good competitor to the Disney theme parks. And they so, will also continue to well as, you know. I'm curious to see, you know, as as a as a as a Disney fan, B as a theme parks fan, they kind of go back and forth. Like Disney or Studios or Hollywood mm-hmm. Universal came out with Harry Potter. Disney challenges that with you know the Star Wars land. They're coming out with Mario. Disney's rumored to have like more expansions planned for Hollywood Studios. Um, but I, I honestly hope with the Disney that any way they could save Star Wars at this point is if they sell. The rumor was if they sell, they don't sell the rights. They still have the full rights for the theme parks. And I think if somebody who will let George Lucas at least have input into the property, I think you can save it. But I mean, right now it's a well, sinking ship. Well, you know what? George uh, Lucas had he had input into the Mandalorian. I know that he was yeah, present on set. So with, while with I, I understand. I understand people's point of view of the sinking ship when it came to the new trilogies of movies, Mandalorian, Boba Fett, uh, all of that. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you, but like they're all. And everyone was so so. uh, Hang on, hang on. Let 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 Mike finish, please. No, no, it's it's look. Everybody is entitled to their own opinion. I agree that like Boba Fett should have been a full Boba Fett thing, not like Mandalorian three point five. 
um obi-wan was decent it really needed to have more story to it to kind of connect into it but it got hayden christensen back as as darth vader which was like a really great thing right they're definitely investing in star wars for a while so i don't think there's a sale coming if anything um i definitely see them kind of scaling back doing feature-length movies and sticking to shorter stories Yep, with the with the exception, of course, of the Daisy Ridley uh, film uh, set 15 years after the sequel trilogy, which I believe is the first film that's going to be released in 2025, I think. So we are oh, we are because that's that's getting pushed back with the WGA strike and everything. Okay, so we'll, we'll, probably we'll, 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 what's the deal with that? I don't think the Acolyte's coming out though, isn't it? Even even though like because they put a lot of money into, it, even though it sounds like it's going to bomb. I heard they're still filming it and like. They're bypassing the strike and filming in France or something. If I if I heard correctly, yeah. Well, so like they're actually still filming it because they're 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 bypassing the writer strike by filming it in France. In France, and the fact that the scripts are already finished, so if they don't have yeah, as long as there's no script. changes to the scripts, they're not doing mm-hmm. anything. Like it's not impacting the strike. So but like, the leaks from it sound like it, that's going to be a mess because people aren't going to like the way it's going to add to the Star Wars universe. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it, maybe it's great. But yeah, uh, we'll what I've heard. Leslie Hedlund apparently did really well with Russian Doll, and I enjoyed Russian Doll. I watched the first season. I didn't watch the second season, but I did enjoy the first season. So uh, I'm curious to see how it will do. But uh, let's throw out one more thing before we take a classic cut break in our first interviews, and let's talk a little bit about um, what's on Disney Plus, which is Secret Invasion. Did anyone tune into episode one of Secret Invasion? You did. You did. Yeah. Wow. We had uh, so and listeners. If you don't want to be spoiled, maybe. Uh, Come back after the classic cut and then watch Secret <laughs> Invasion. But we'll talk a little bit about it. But uh, yeah, the big shocker in episode, at the end of episode one, it seems like we're saying goodbye to Maria Hill. Um, and uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think she's gone? I mean, obviously, we did see the bleeding body. Um, and, um, you know, it was due to a scroll that shape shifted into Fury and tricked, uh, you know, tricked Marie Hill to thinking that, you know, she was safe with Fury and turned out, no, it was def- indeed a scroll. The scroll shot her uh, in the stomach uh, and during this crazy bomb explosion. And Maria Hill is, is I guess, out of MCU. Yeah. Yep. I mean, my opinion is I think they just rushed it and I think that was a bad choice. I think if you killed her later in the season, that would have been good. But I think that it just seemed rushed and it seemed like the story just, I don't know, it just it seemed a little convoluted. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say. Remember, we've seen Nick Fury die before. Like yeah. there was the whole thing of him getting shot and coming back from that. So while we might see a body on the ground, like, yeah, we'll let's see. wait till episode two. Let's wait till episode yeah. two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but it was a pretty strong episode, and I was, you know, I thought I thought it was it was very entertaining. You know, of course, I'm a big Amelia Clark fan and, and, you know, Daenerys Targaryen fan. So, of course, I'm going to watch anything that she's in. Um, Amelia Clark uh, did fantastic in her role. Um, I'm, I'm a big Kobe Smulders fan as well. And I'm a big Sam Jackson fan. So it had all the elements of, of, of a great series uh, to watch. And I think the best is yet to come. I know that it didn't get the best reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it was like 65 percent uh, critics with a. Uh, I think I've been a, well, uh, see, a that, that comes down to like the James, what James Gunn said. It's it seems like really formulaic, and it just seems like it's just kind of just rehashed stories. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. 
Well, it's one episode in, Paul, so we're going to get five more episodes. As I said, uh, I'm going to give it more time. Yeah, you want to give it more time and you give it a chance. But interesting story about Amelia Clark. She talked about um, shooting a scene in a Lada, which is a very old Russian car. And she talked about almost running over Sam Jackson, which is crazy. So apparently this old car has six shift knobs. And it had like a bunch of pedals that she had no idea. I mean, she said she knows how to drive stick. But this is a, it's like a tractor, basically, that she's, she's driving. Yeah, with, with well, all that, these that's probably the worst car I've ever made. Yeah, so she's there. She's in that car. Apparently, um, she had to say, I just got to do just one stop, one stop. The camera's there. Sam is right there. And apparently, she hit the accelerator instead of the brake. And luckily, was able to brake just in time, avoiding a collision with Sam Jackson. And thank God, thank God. A disaster didn't happen, but they were trying to get their shot in. And, you know, you're working with this, yeah. like, very antique type of car that most people don't know how to drive. I mean, of course you're going mean, to. I do. I do for stunning precision driving. But it's like, as I said, yeah. normally you were turning it over to another driver to do it. I mean, just do her sitting mm-hmm. there or or have her in the seat acting like she's driving and have somebody else driving a car. So, yeah, exactly. So. But I think this is a great a time to take a classic cut break and do a okay. drink break, bathroom break, smoke break, coke break. It's like, uh, <laughs> which, whichever break. order you want to take. I mean, is Robert Downey Jr. in the st- here? Or? <laughs> oh, Coca-Cola. Huh? You know, you, let's just say uh, you can interpret it in any way you'd like. Um, but nonetheless, um, so um, I'd like this was an easy decision for me for the classic cut this week. I saw one of my my childhood favorites uh, at Madison Square Garden. So I'm seeing my favorite band, one of my favorite bands, that is, in one of my favorite cities in New York City. Because the local show at Meriwether in Columbia was completely sold out. They did not have any resale for whatever reason. This this ticket was extremely difficult to get. So I opted to go to New York City and made a nice uh, couple days out of it. Like I said, I saw Rachel Brosnahan and Oscar Isaacs play. And the band is from London, England. That's right, The Cure. Um, nice. The Cure, one of my favorite bands of all time. Robert Smith, Simon yeah, Gallup, the rest of the crew, um, and apparently the show that I, the particular show that I saw at Madison Square Garden, which is they did three nights of shows there. They played specific songs at the show that I witnessed, and they didn't play these songs at any other That's show. Cool. So which ones did I you get? Play, I, I, well, I was in. So initially, I was in. Section E, which is like the second half of the floor, and I upgraded, quote, upgraded my seat to Section B, which is the center section right in front of stage. And uh, on my personal Facebook profile, you can see some videos uh, for those of who are uh, who are on my social media. But nonetheless, um, this uh, show, Robert Smith, The Cure, was just—they were fantastic. And one of their encores, they played a whole bunch of songs from their early, the early Cure, um, 79, 80. Um, and this particular song was one of their early songs, which is featured in their singles, uh, uh, Staying on the Beach singles um, album. And um, had a really nice uh, background. Um, you know, when they're on stage, they can stuff on the monitors. But it was like a really cool, cool visual. And it was a train. And uh, this song is called Jumping Someone Else's Train. So this will be the classic cut. And right after the classic cut, we're going to go into the interview 
the first set of interviews from the Walking Dead Dead City, which we'll talk a That's little cool. bit about in the second half, with the new actors from Dead City. That's uh, Gaius Charles and, of course, Maggie herself, Lauren Cohen. Uh, again, very, very short interviews. We'll throw that right after the classic cut. So we'll be back right after that. Don't go anywhere. Your face, if you walk in a crowd, you won't leave any trace. It's always the same, you're jumping someone else's train. It won't take you long to learn the new smile. You have to adapt or you'll be out of style. It's always the same, you're jumping someone all right, we're saving the best for last. That's right. Lauren Cohen, Maggie from The Walking Dead, now Dead City. Um, Lauren, what, what would you say is the main difference of this show versus the flagship show, other than it, it takes place in Manhattan? Yeah, I think one of the main differences is actually we're a much smaller cast. We're in, obviously, like you say, a new city, a new location. Um, but I think thematically it's also really different. You know, We're going deep into the heart of, of why you can or cannot face someone, can or cannot forgive someone, yourself, change, all kinds of things that I think sometimes you don't get to look at quite as minutely when you're with a really big cast or with a really big group. So we've been excited to tell a, a detailed story here. So we're excited for people to see. I can't wait to see, and of course, the dynamic of you and Negan, Maggie and Negan, is crazy. Yeah. Does it become a little more love than hate uh, during the series, or does it stay hate, hate? It's, it's a pretty challenging dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, but I'll leave you with that. <laughs> and we're going to be watching it. So thank you so much, Lauren. All right, guys, we're here at the red carpet of Walking Dead Dead City with Gaius Charles, right? Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about your character and what we'll be seeing in this first episode. Sure. So I play Pearly Armstrong. I am, you know, typical guy, but I'm also a marshal, New Babylon marshal, and I'm trying to bring back law and order. I'm trying to bring back justice to our society. And there's this dude named Negan, who I've heard about, who is definitely threatening our law and order, and I try to go out and, and take him down. Wow, and we know about Negan. I mean, as a Walking Dead fan, he's definitely not one character to F with. On, tell, tell us uh, about working with the, the one and only Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, Jeffrey's so great, man. Jeffrey's really dope. From day one, just really embraced me. Um, really just a generous dude. Um, super talent. Um, it's a lot of fun to work. I mean, you work with all kinds of people in this industry, but it's great when you get to work with somebody who's like actually chill, who you actually have a vibe with off camera. So just, just a lot of fun. That's awesome. Tell us about the audition process and if you were a Walking Dead fan prior to booking the role. Yes, yeah, so um, this was one of those roles that came up sort of semi in COVID, transitioning out of COVID. So, you know, sent in a tape and all that, and, you know, the rest unfolded from there. But uh, I wasn't, I mean, I was, I, I was a fan from a distance when the show was on the air. Everybody's like, oh, The Walking Dead, The Walking Dead. I was like, I'll, I'll get to that. I'll watch that series of like all the, you know, shows we have on our list. Mm -hmm. But when I actually got the role and sat down to watch the show, I was like, this show is amazing. This show, like from the acting to the, the cinematography, the writing, the directing, just phenomenal. You know, so such a pleasure to be a part of it. That's awesome. Well, we can't wait to check out the premiere episode. And uh, how many seasons are we anticipating for Dead City? What do you think? Man, listen, well, what the OG, what the original Mothership go for? It went for like 11. 11 seasons. I mean, you know, that's not a bad number. Okay. You know, All right. maybe 12. I don't know. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for talking to us here at Blue Belt.
We're here with actor Michael Anthony, one of the new cast members of Walking Dead Dead City. Gotta ask you, prior to getting booked on this show, were you a Walking Dead fan? Honestly, um, I hadn't watched it until I got the audition. But um, usually I watch, I watch one episode or something just to kind of get a feel for it. But I was like, oh, this way everybody hooked to this. This is fire. So I'm definitely a fan. If they would have said, hey, Mike, we're not going to use you, I still would have been a fan because it was amazing for sure. It is certainly one of my favorite shows. Now, other than taking place in Manhattan, what would you say the, the main differences between this particular show, spinoff, and the main series? I mean, the new character, Luther. The new character, Luther, is fire. Like, he's his loyalty. Um, and, you know, here, I mean, I'll just say this. Like, the tribes in this one is next level. I like the tribes, some of the, the adversaries. It's definitely next level. Now, tell us, tell us a little bit about Luther, if you can. Well, Luther, a, he's a very, he's a, I say that Luther is a very nice, mean guy. Like, if, if you are a part of his tribe, his, he has the strongest love possible. But if you're outside, you try to hurt his tribe, you don't want to do that. That reminds me of Mercer from uh, The Walking Dead. That's, yes. that's what the, your character actually reminds me of. That's right. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Well, tell us a little bit about working with Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Lauren Cohen. I keep saying it, man, and I mean it. Both of them so down to earth. You know, uh, they treat everybody like they're the most important person in the world on set. I don't care if you're catering, if you're driving, if you're security, if you're a co-star with one line. Um, I gained another level of respect for both of them because they're so amazing as actors, but they're even more amazing people. So, I mean, I love both of them, man. I love them. Now, I love the trailer, and I'm looking forward to seeing this uh, first episode. Did I see fast walking zombies? Because usually in The Walking Dead, they were slow moving, slow moving dead. Like I said, it's some next level things going next on. Next level, okay. Next level. It's, next just level. imagine Walking Dead taking like a energy drink. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this is, man. It should be called Live City. I love, I love that comparison. And of course, all the recent work you did was with Power and Saints and Sinners. Tell us about uh, your experience on those projects, if you could. Um, let me see. Say, I, I was on Power. I didn't. I, I did. I did like two episodes. I was in and out, but it was a great experience. Uh, Dion Taylor, amazing uh, director. I love his vision. Um, Saints and Sinners was dope. Saints and Sinners was a. I got to really dig into a character, um, and I get noticed a lot from that. So. It's been amazing, man. I love the different opportunities to stretch my muscle, man, for sure. Trey Chaney's actually a friend of ours, so that's why I had to, really? I had to throw out Saints and Sinners. Man, everybody's Trey. Trey, that's everybody's friend, man. <laughs> Nicest guy in the world, for sure. He's fantastic. He is, man. Well, Michael, thanks so much, and congratulations on this role. On uh, And uh, how many seasons do you think we'll see of Dead City? What do you think? I think, let me see, I'm going to say six. Yes! I'm going to say six. That's yes. just my guess. I love it. I'm not behind the scenes, but I just feel like people see it. Okay. It's next level. Okay. Sure. Michael, thank you so much for talking with us. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it, brother. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was the cure. Jumping someone else's train. I dare you to jump someone else's train. That would easily get you man, probably beat up. Hey, if they pay me to do it, I'll do it. A train conductor, unless it's a movie, yeah. Unless it's for well, a movie. no, I would, I would jump it with a car. I wouldn't just. <laughs> and of course, I talked to Lauren Cohen. I got literally just two questions in with her, and uh, talked a little bit with the um, with the cast. It's interesting because you know, 
as actors, we want to work on the shows that we're fans of, like The Walking Dead, Marvel, DC, Star Wars. The two actors in new cast both were not a fan of Walking Dead prior. I'm like, my God, God damn it. You know, it's going to go to someone that's not a fan well, of the did show. Did I ever tell you my <laughs> Walking Dead story, Al? What do you have? I was supposed to work on there as a stand-in and then possibly something else, but it's unfortunately, I was already booked on Good Lord Bird, and I told you how that one wound up, so I think I made the wrong choice, but... Uh, yeah, clearly, clearly you made the wrong choice. No, was this for the flagship show or for... Uh, one it was for uh, the, the World Beyond, the one that was in... The World Beyond Richmond, yeah. That was the least liked of the shows that we've seen so far. But um, nonetheless... Um, Let's talk uh, some television stuff uh, with Netflix. Interestingly enough, um, Netflix is bringing back James Cameron's Titanic. Now, of course, with the Titan. Well, that's bad timing right there. Bad timing, exactly. The Titan submersible tragedy that riveted the world last week. Of course, five people died in that. Is really, really bad bad timing or good money marketing. Like, Do you think it was more good money marketing and they're just... Well, no, no, no. To... I mean, look, knowing the way that they release these things, it was already planned to come out. But yeah. I, like, this is going to be in the zeitgeist now. Like, yeah. Is, I mean, if you think about it, it was unfortunate timing. But now the Titanic is going to be fresh in everybody's mind when this drops on Netflix. Well, you know what the sad thing is? The Simpsons predicted it. Simpsons mm. predicted everything. I think Matt Groening's a time traveler. Did they really predict the... Yeah, they predicted the sub. The submarine. Oh, my God. Well, that's tragic. Because people died in this accident. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people post memes and jokes about it, but... Yeah, it shouldn't know, be a joke. And people are, are pissed because they happen to be rich folks. I mean, whether they're rich, whether they're poor, they're human beings. No, they're, they're, yeah, they're right. Us, you know? And and and, yeah. and a particular extreme left wing winger on my sh- on on my feed just posted ah oh, because they they were Republican and because they were rich and like Jesus Christ yeah, man dude put well, it's political been, party right, right now the problem is we're in a culture war most people don't realize it but it's it's bad it's pretty I think there's gonna be two Hollywoods eventually but it's it's getting to that point well. Any case, we're not a political show, so we're not going to go there. But I know, I'm, I'm just saying it's just that's the way things are going. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to be always controversial, Darth Paul Wallace. That's not really controversial, uh, I don't think, is it? <laughs> I mean, it's just uh, as I said, it's just there's two sides, and I just think there's going to be two sides, and I think that's just how things are going to be. I mean, and you can I see mean, what's going on in the films and stuff. Yeah, it's just the fact that that that. I mean, when it's someone's life uh, at stake. I know. I mean, you can't. You can't use uh, gonna... the. Like for instance, people were so happy that Pat Robertson died. And they're like, oh, he's gonna burn in hell. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's so. Granted, he had some horrible that. beliefs, but you know, do do you want to wish somebody's death? I no. mean, I don't know. I mean, no, no, no. So here's here's the interesting take on it. Like, you don't wish a horrible death on anybody when they're. But gone. some people do. Hold on. Well, yeah, look, but when they're gone, you you celebrate like the good and the bad. Like he did a lot of harm to a lot of people. Yeah. You know, and, and it's it's the Paul's side. Like there's two sides to all of this. Yeah. There are people that think he was great, and there are people that think what he projected forward was terrible. And but I, I remember like when I, 
do you remember when uh, what's his name died? Uh, Sean Connery. People were like saying Sean Connery deserves to be dead because he he was misogynist because he played James Bond and did stuff with women back in the day. It's like, hey, that's just how things work. It's like he wasn't misogynist. Right. He just the character and they people were laughing that he was dead and saying hey he deserved it and he's gonna rob the hill because the character he played it's like that's that's awful and he, he yeah, seemed like and, a nice guy. I, I think that the sean connery comparison's fair because like this man's playing a character i mean t- mm-hmm. to also be fair he was a bit of misogynist but like he also grew up in a time where that was acceptable Different time. but Different you have time. like pat robertson who his whole career is promoting like this is the and this is just my soapbox yeah. like you have right. a faith that's supposed to be accepting of everybody and about love yeah. and there was a lot of hate that was preached by the 700 club and there's a lot of stuff that he did that like you know one of the tenants is love thy neighbor there's no asterisks for like if they're just like you it's just love thy neighbor and right. it a lot of that mm-hmm. stuff was like if you're different than us then you're wrong and no, i'm being not, gentle on how it, a lot of that was said but like there's a lot of people that took his words to heart on both sides the mm. different ways so yeah. you know it's kind of it sucks that people are celebrating the deaths of anybody mm. um but there are also people that like their behavior has good and negative impacts on everybody yeah that's a good way of saying it mike yeah, I guess yeah, that, that was really, really uh, diplomatic and a good way to say it. Thank you. Well, going back to uh, Netflix, because <laughs> <laughs> we're not a political show. Um, the number one uh, show on top of the Netflix top 10 is Black Mirror with 11.6 million views. And then the top. I have to catch up on. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, yeah. You and me both, man. Extraction 2. Extraction 2 sits at the number one spot for films on Netflix. 42.2 million views, making it the most watched title on Netflix this week. Um, the first Extraction wasn't far behind with 13.8 million. Uh, that was you think he's going to do another one? Because he said he was going to step back from acting. I think the, the third one is already in the works, Paul. I think they're doing a third. I, I just wasn't sure because then I because then he say like a, his family has a tendency like I think he, then he says something like dementia runs in his family and he wants to just like live his life after so, so many films. Yeah, I know he, yeah. he's got some health issues that he's looking at. I think to Paul's point, it might be slowing down his schedule because there was a period of time where he was just doing film, 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 film. Yeah. And, and I know that yeah. uh, Tom Holland's also said the same thing. Like he's taking a break. Yeah. You know, the funny thing yeah. is with Tom Holland, I worked with him on Cherry. I worked almost every day on that set. It looks so weird because I mean he looks so young and he was sitting there smoking cigarettes like crazy. It was like it looked, it looked like are. a teenager. It looked like some guy who was like 15 years old smoking cigarettes. When I was in the so SAG Awards, when I went to the SAG Awards, all the Game of Thrones cast were in the smoking area, and I would just go out there for fresh air and <laughs> talk to people. And like all the cast of, of Game of Thrones was mostly a British cast. Right. Yep. Often smoke cigarettes, which is crazy. And yeah, you're right. Tom Holland does as well. Who was really cool? Uh, Tom Holland's brother, his oh, brother kind of like yeah. access is like a agent or just get some stuff. Like, I mean, but he was like pretty cool. We would just sit back and talk and it was, well, pretty good. He but. said that he's going to take a break from acting because that last project on Apple TV that we talked about last week um, really effed him up, you know, and right. even though it didn't get great reviews, he really got into that character, you know, kind of like, you know, with Austin Butler portraying Elvis, he couldn't shake off the accent. Yeah. Some people just get so immersed in their character 
they kind of effs with him in the in the head a little bit. And I think that's what happened with Tom Holland. So um which I think I'm I'm curious about this show that that Apple TV show that he's in. Um but I'll have to check that one out. Well, for now, a while, I mean, I had that. Uh, I mean, I, I had trouble like losing my uh, Kentucky accent on the Outsiders when I had to do some speaking things. But right, right. So there you go. Um. All right, on Max. So there's a really cool documentary. It's called Superpowered: The DC Story. So it's a three-part docu series about the uh, the comic book company, the movies and TV shows it inspired, and it's going to drop on July 20th on uh max and apparently that's also the first day of comic-con 2023 apparently warner brothers has not made a decision on whether they will be appearing at uh the comic-con um and the comic-con is kind of in flux right now i guess i'll skip ahead to it because the the comic-con in san diego was a comic-con it's always eluded me and i've always wanted to attend and that seemed to always be literally the top Comic-Con. And I know, uh, Mike, you're a big uh, Comic-Con guy as well, as we, yeah. that's how we caught up, was at the Fan Expo yep. in uh, Philadelphia. And apparently, it's had some woes with, of course, the pandemic. Two years in a row, it didn't happen. And then last year, it did happen with House of the Dragon, Walking Dead, and Marvel. But this year's Comic-Con, which is going to start on July 19th, and with the writer's strike going on, it's possible that a lot of the shows might not make um, the panels of the San Diego Comic-Con, which is going to be crazy because this is pretty much the pinnacle of panels. And one in particular that hasn't announced yet and will probably not make it is Marvel. Marvel Studios and Lucasfilm. Yeah. Well, Disney so, is confirmed to be out. So Disney, Marvel, and Lucasfilm. They may What's have a booth, but they're, okay, they're as far as like a Hall H presence and any major promotions, yeah. they're out. Yeah. I mean, they got movies coming out like the Marvels. They have Loki season two. They have Ahsoka. They have Haunted Mansion. Um, the, pro- the, pro- the problem is, though, I think, like, as I said, I, I don't think they're, I think they know Marvels, is, the Marvels is not going to do good. I mean, I'm going to give it a chance, but I just don't think it's going to do well. And I don't think they want to hear people bashing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I mean nobody likes Brie Larson for whatever reason, but I mean I think she's okay, but people I think don't she's great. Some some people, yeah, she's rubbed some people off the wrong mm-hmm. way due to her her political. The way stance, she talks about the fan base, the way she, she, uh, she seems kind of like uh, sometimes she seems like cardboard. I don't know. It just seems like she tries to be well, something. She, I don't know. They described her as performances wooden in the. The Captain Marvel, but you don't have to think, you know. She oh, even like her, her performance in Fast X. I mean, she basically, I must play like just the Captain Marvel type of agent. <laughs> she just kind of no, plays like. Did, the same. I thought she did a fine job. And, and so here's the of, issue: like, you can, you can, and you guys are both actors. Performance of an actor falls partially on the actor, partially on the director. Like. Mm-hmm. If the director is allowing something wooden to happen, then that's that's them. That's, you know? that's on the like, director. It's on the director. It also could be on the production house. Like the production could be like, let's just let like fast. The fast movies have now turned into like the jump the shark thing. So I think anybody's just right. coming in and they just they want John Cena to be John Cena. They want 
Jason Momoa to be Jason Momoa. They want Brie Larson right. to be Brie Larson. Like, but Jason Momoa nobody... was not Jason Momoa in the last Fast X movie, but he, he no, did, like, but they, they want you to come in and like be a character, yes. or a, either a heightened version of yourself. Um, so I, you know, I liked uh, Captain Marvel. I think she did a good job in it. I think having seen snippets of the Marvels because I went to D twenty three, I'm super stoked oh, nice. for it. Um, I I also you have to remember with the Marvels, it's not like she's, it's an ensemble movie. That's right. Yeah. And I think the young actress that plays Kamala Khan is going to carry that movie because she is just full of energy. Yeah. Yeah. And I have yet to, that was the one um, show that I hadn't seen yet, but I'm going to go back and watch it before the Marvels comes out. But yes, um, a lot of those Hall H panels that were there last year yeah. apparently won't be a part of it. And then Disney yeah. is one of them. Warner Brothers. Out, See, dude, but do you know what? When that happens, do you know what you should do? If you're an actor and that thing, I mean, as long as SAG, well, I don't know if with the SAG strike effect, actors going to Comic Cons, because yes. I mean, okay. So as long as we don't have a SAG strike, as an actor, that's, you should volunteer your time to promote your own product because that's what used to happen. People were like, hey, I want to get paid all this money to do it. It's like, no, that's not what you do. You go out there, you promote the stuff you're in. If you don't want to do it, then expect that they will not get your residuals. Interesting you brought that up. So SAG and AMPTP do not come to terms by June 30th. And then the guild goes on strike. Uh, they're saying some actors will join the writers and showrunners and sit out of promotional events like comic Con, Leaving studios I mean, I, almost... You know what? As I said, yeah, like, is so, it the Okay, what? Well, I'm just saying because, yeah, because because of that, if st- and in solidarity, they're not going to populate the panels. Right. Know, at, at Hall H, at, at, uh, and that's probably another reason, you know. But I mean, um, but then you're letting everybody else on the set down, and I don't feel that's right. So I mean, you're letting that. Hey, that's one thing to stand with the writers, but you're letting all the special effects people down. You're letting all the other people. You're letting the directors well, down. You're letting the everybody else down. It's like you should promote the product to try to get everybody a chance to. To, to, to Al's point, I think that's only if SAG and After agree to go on strike. Or they don't reach an agreement by the third. Mm-hmm. Like the if third, they yes. if if they agree if they reach an agreement, I completely agree with you that they should go and you know support everybody that helped make that project. But if they're but the problem is I think there's a lot of people who just try to on. Okay, Paul, you got to let Michael finish. Yeah, no, yeah, no, sorry about that. Totally okay. No, no, no. I mean, if it's it's a union issue, if they're if they're in a stalemate with the union or they've decided to strike, yeah, I understand not going to Comic Con because that's like crossing the line and that's bad. But if right. if there's an agreement made, then absolutely go. Like having, I went to San Diego Comic Con in 2011 and 2012. Um, I think this might actually be good because part of the overwhelming factor of San Diego Comic Con was it was just a a mass of people, and b promotion for everything just bled into the town like you have the convention center and then there was blocks and blocks and blocks of like hbo and disney and taking over all of these different experiences and kind of taking it far away from the con experience like we went to fan expo and i think with you know i think it's the majority of these studios not doing hall h and not doing and questionable if they're even doing a booth or promotion this might actually be like the comic con that we grew up with which probably two decades coming. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. Warner brothers is not out yet though. Their, their um, Paramount pictures right. is not out yet. Apparently they're going to have a panel for 
the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I might have to agree with Paul. Yeah, it's not <laughs> I like to play Middle of the Road. Like, I even watched well, previews. I just, I, I can't get, even give it a chance. I think it's going to suck. Wow. Yeah, and I know you're not a fan of Seth Rogen, so I mean, that, Seth that Rogen's just a dick. I'll tell, I'll say it to his face. Have you worked with him? I've known people who worked with him on Pickled. I know people who worked on him on other things. He's a dick. So I mean, okay. he, he, I mean, I even the way he treated James Franco. I mean, even James Franco was in the wrong. That was his best friend. He threw him under the bus. He's just a dick. Yeah, you I gotta have never give him the time of day. If I run into him, I mean, if he says something to me, I mean, I, I wouldn't even say I wouldn't maybe throw a punch at him, but it's like he's that much of a dick. All threatening. Holy hey, shit. I'll call him you out. Hey, that. if he wants to fight me, I'll gladly fight him. You heard here on BTV, man. <laughs> that's the thing. I read a recent uh, thing uh, with John Goodman saying that even though he doesn't agree with Roseanne said, he he would still be, you know, her friend and still be. Yeah, as I said, I mean, it's it's it's, mul- yeah. it's multiple things. It's the way he's treated extras on set. It's the way he's treated co-stars on set. It's the way he treats everybody. He just thinks he's above everybody else, and he's not. Wow. He had some lucky breaks, and that was it. So you shouldn't see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Ed. That's his film. No, I'm not going <laughs> to see it. You shouldn't, you shouldn't support it. Um, let's see. Where were we before we, we took a tangent on a comic We were on okay. HBO. Uh, we were, we were, the, what were we talking about the DC um, docuseries? We talked about Holly yeah, yeah. And that's going to be really cool. It's going to be narrated by Rosario Dawson. And it takes an unprecedented look at the influential legacy of DC. And the first episode is called The Hero's Journey, which will cover the creation of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. And then the second episode is called Coming of Age, um, which talks about Vertigo, Crisis on Infinite Earths. And the final episode of Better Tomorrow details um, efforts for greater inclusiveness in the comics industry. So um, a lot of archival footage with some of your favorites, like the Berlantiverse folks like Melissa Benoist. Uh, of course, you're going to get old school like Tim Burton and Linda Carter. Then you're going to get new school like Gal Gadot, James Gunn, Henry Cavill, Patty Jenkins, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, all over the place. Uh, Speaking of you, Flash, that's one thing. Did you mention this on The Flash just now? Thinking about it. Like what are you? Mid school. Where they actually brought in the Nicolas Cage Superman and did the fight from the Nicolas Cage oh, yeah. Superman movie. So we talked about we talked about uh, okay. the flash detail last week, and yes, I, I was very happy to see Nicolas Cage. Fighting <laughs> the giant never spider. Saw. Giant spider. Of course, that was written by it's Kevin Smith. Smith. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Which never sat, never saw the light of day. Yeah, you know, I'm a big Kevin Smith fan, so I'm gonna, you know, I would have loved to have seen it, but uh, but yeah, that's on Max. So as you know, Max and HBO are kind of. Picking its own, like HBO is the cable network now, and then went to HBO Max. Now Max is just Max now. But yeah. over on HBO, they have um, Lily Rose Depp's uh, and The Weekends, uh, The Idol, and apparently it's just as racy and explicit as the other three episodes. And uh, yeah, this is a very, very, uh, very raunchy, naughty, naughty, naughty show that I haven't checked out yet, but. Uh, it's crazy because I went to Sundance in 2016 where Lily Rose Depp was probably 15 or 16 and she was hanging out with Kevin Smith's daughter, Harley Quinn Smith. Cool. And there were this film called Yoga Hosers, which is one of Kevin Smith's yep. early. And it's crazy to think then she was a minor. She's in this cutesy little 
Yoga Hosers film by Kevin Smith. <laughs> now she's like naked weekly on this show. That's crazy. Uh, well, they've also just announced that the show will end after five episodes instead of the planned six. Oh, well, so is it canceled? Wait, did they cancel the six or... episodes? Or did they wrap it up within the... Or maybe they doubled up the fifth episode. Maybe they, they're putting uh, both episodes in one. Maybe maybe that's what they're doing. I can't imagine them like, scra- scrapping an entire episode. So, so this has just went up a few minutes ago on a couple channels that the idol originally ordered for six episodes will end after just five. Wow. Have either of you watched the idol? I don't. No. I haven't watched. Like, no, well, maybe, maybe, that's, as... well maybe, why it's, maybe that's why it's ending it after just five if nobody's watching it. People are watching it. People are watching. It's very yeah. racy. It's from the creator of Euphoria, which Euphoria is a fantastic show, and that's how yeah. Zendaya won the um, the Golden Globe, I believe, from that show. And uh, yeah, it's fantastic. But that's on HBO. Um, moving on to Hulu FX. You, did you hear the opening promo? Billy West from Futurama. Pretty Can't big guest. Yeah, we talked to him at the Far Point Con in Hunt Valley. And uh, it was great to talk to Billy West. Uh, Mike the General Zod interviewed him and talked is, a little bit. Uh, is John DiMaggio coming back or is he still on Limbo? I'm not sh- yes, John DiMaggio, uh, uh, Billy West, Katie Siegel, um, Tress McNeil, Lauren Tom, yeah. Phil Mulmar, David Herman are all coming back uh, for season 11. Because I know he was holding out for a little while, but I guess they worked it out. They worked it out. So season 11 will be on Hulu. Uh, we'll be dropping on July 24th. So if you're a, a Futurama okay. fan, it'll be stoked to hear that. And I thought that was a funny promo. You say, hey, below the mouth. He was like, he was like, I'm literally pretending to unzip his fly. I'm like, dude, what the oh. hell is Bill West? <laughs> when he was cutting that promo for us, that was just. You did say this is a wrestling show. That's why it's called Below the Belt, right? Because he might have thought it was something else. Yeah, he probably thought, well, you know, when we were a pure wrestling show, we just kept the title, which wrestling fans, yes, it's coming. Be patient. It's coming very, very soon. We're talking about wrestling. Uh, the Bear Season 2, they had the biggest premiere on Hulu ever. Uh, all 10 episodes on June 22nd. I have not seen The Bear. Um, Vinnie Mac, Buddy Vincent, is a huge fan of The Bear. I don't know. I just, I'm trying to find the, the appeal to it. I mean, it's about it's about Chicago like yeah it's a it's just like a, a it's like a fast food chicago beef place and the, yeah. they're you know i don't know people like i it. mean people i guess like, it probably has like the real life drama i guess working i guess yeah people like i mean it, like, uh, like i mean like it's probably like did vince ever work in like a fast food place maybe he's like hey yeah i, I it was like that when i worked there something like that <laughs> maybe, I, did, I did construction i did a, so i mean it's like a Construction yeah, sites have their own like type of camaraderie yeah. or whatever. I mean, I can't. Well, he was nominated for for his acting work. Uh, he he I think was nominated for best actor in the comedy series. Um, but um, shows that people are not watching um, are on Paramount Plus. Apparently, they're dropping several shows. Uh, the the Grease sequel series, Rise of the Pink Ladies, that that's getting the acts. Uh, Queen of the Universe, The Game. And this one's very surprising, Star Trek Prodigy, which apparently uh, a lot of people subscribe to Paramount Plus for their Star Trek content and for them to drop well, that series. Was that under the old showrunner? Because I know people like the new showrunner better than the old showrunner. So, I mean, maybe that's why they're dropping that one. 
I don't know. This if you if you're not familiar, this is the animated uh, series. Yeah, I know, but I mean, I, I think that was one of the ones created by the old showrunner. The new showrunner wants to go a whole different direction. That's why, I, like I for see. like Picard, like that's why it's like a, that's why Picard season two was done. Well, new season for okay, Picard so it's like different. Kevin and Dan Hagerman. So they're okay. the showrunners of Star Trek products. But, but it's kind of like it's kind of like the James Gunn thing where you had James Gunn like take over the DC scenes, like, hey, I, I want to get rid of all this other stuff underneath. I think that's what's going on yeah. right now. Yeah, but you know, of course, and it, other... was, it was weird. I mean, I, I, it just I don't know. It just didn't seem. I, I thought it was okay, but it just seemed a little strange too the way it was written. Yep. Um, Amy Schumer's um, inside Amy Schumer and Kevin Williamson's "Tell Me a Story." are also um, going to be removed from the platform. So as you know, Showtime's going to merge with Paramount Plus, so they have to make room, I guess. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of content with Showtime. And among that is uh, Showtime's Billions, where they just dropped the seventh season trailer. And Damian Lewis is back. Uh, Bobby Axelrod, who left the show for two seasons, is coming back for the final season. So it was kind of cool to see him. And for your wrestling fans, Becky Lynch is in an episode of Billions too. <laughs> so that's which is a uh, weird, which is a weird show for her to be in. I mean, if it is. That. It was cool to see her in there, though. But you know, um, and over on Apple, Idris Elba has a new show called Hijack, which launches on uh, June twenty eighth. So yes, uh, that's tomorrow. Um, and this is part of his first look deal with Apple, which was announced in twenty twenty. Oh, who's that? Idris. Idris Elba, yeah. So apparently he's. Uh, Are people still trying to cancel him for like saying stuff? I mean, because I, I mean, what he said kind of is right, but I mean, he said he just wants to be known as an actor, not based on color. Because I know people tried to cancel him over that. He didn't like the labels of African American, I guess. Yeah. Well, he's technically I mean? a, a British African, so he's not yeah. African American. Would be inaccurate for him. That's not a. a might have been where he was going. See, I mean, you just I mean, that's how you should treat everybody, just as people, not as colors or races or whatever. But agree, but, but be because nice he, yeah, it'd be nice if we could. But at the same time, he got he got in controversy because folks thought that he didn't want to be associated with other black actors. Kind of misread him. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. You know, they they they, they were just a bunch of calls for canceling because he said that. It's like because he. Mm. And, and, I think you know what and, didn't um uh, Morgan Freeman say something similar as well? Yeah, and they, they tried to cancel him too. So it's like Jesus. Well, anyways, they need they, to they, move on they, to that. They, yeah. they do. Yeah. Um. So AMC, uh, Dead City, the biggest premiere of any season of uh of uh of any television AMC Plus. Um. And uh, apparently, um. Yeah, so this is uh, there's only six episodes of uh, The Walking Dead: Dead City. Uh, the previous Did you work record. On it all I didn't work on any Walking Dead other than uh, that crappy uh, World Beyond. I would have loved to have worked on on this this uh, particular one because this was shot in New York City. I know Summit, the uh, Rick and Michelle shot Jersey. That was the Rick and Michelle was shot in Jersey. Uh, Dead City was, uh, shot in New York. And then, of course, okay. Daryl Dixon, which they just dropped a sneak peek um, preview. That's being shot in Paris, France. Which still makes so, no sense. It's like, how does a dude leave a town on a motorcycle never hunt over France? It makes no they're sense. They're going to have to explain it. <laughs> like, they have to explain why the hell Negan and Maggie are together in New York City and 
Luckily, they did exp- uh, explain that. I, I did watch. The I'm going to be episodes. honest. Like, I have not watched The Walking Dead since after. Since death. After Negan came no. around. No, no, no. Like a season or two after that. Like. Okay. Okay. You, you stuck around for a little while after Negan. Yeah, I gave it like a season after Alexandria, like when they they okay. leave and all of that. But like, it got to be going. It got they, got to be like. It was like Lord of the Rings where there's so much filler of them just walking. Is that what got got to you? Because that, that's what I kind well, of missed. No. Having read the comics, like it got to the point, it's like you pass the comics, like you're, and it's the same issue with the Game of Thrones final season. Like yeah. you've passed the creative artist's intent and now it's just like, what, how much longer does this need well, to Well, like, like Chachi pointed us out like with the Goldbergs because I mean the Goldbergs like I mean it was supposed to be his life story and then like he left and then they were like hey let's just continue it for a couple more seasons I do have a correction on that uh, Mike Um, season 11 uh, was adapted from the final storyline arc of the Commonwealth well no Uh, not really because uh, Carl wasn't there well it still adapted the comic book up until the very last issue Uh, number 193 was the final issue of the walking the comic book it, it did adapt, but of course they made some changes. Of course, yeah, with Carl's Carl's death in the series, whereas in the comic book he ended up being a leader, you know, like his father. Yeah. Um, but but they did decide to they could have like continued the series with all these spinoffs and just called it season twelve, which was a I'm glad they didn't go in the, that direction. But they did with after that whole Alexandria, the Savior's arc went into the Whispers arc, and after the Whispers arc went into the Commonwealth arc. So that was right. still uh, loyal to the source content, the source material. Whereas Game of Thrones, yeah, they just got a rough outline yeah, from yeah. J from um, G, uh, George R R Martin and had to fill in all the holes in between. So yeah, I mean, this is this is one of those comics where I'm like the comics did so well when you kill off characters that are important in the comics and then you try to change mm. it up. Like, yeah, yeah. that's, that's where it kind of lost me a little bit. Cause like the, yeah, the like Andrea has been around longer and uh, yeah, they switch yeah. characters in and out. Like, I mean, technically, I mean, if you think about it, like, a like some of these, like, a, who was it? Um, who, who's the old guy and the first one that died? Um, Herschel. Herschel. No, Herschel got switched out with the other guy. The guy who had an RV, Dale. So Dale and Herschel basically switched parts. Right. Okay. So yeah, they, they've made some changes. Obviously, I'll yeah, tell you what. A, it feels it's a show that felt like it like it had a shelf life, and it should have stopped, mm-hmm. and now it's still going. The shelf life up until season eleven, yes, and then of course the actors the actors still want to do it. I mean, they wouldn't, these spinoffs would not be possible if these lead actors, Jeffrey Morgan, Lauren Cohen, um, Andrew Lincoln, Daryl Dixon wanted to continue and they wanted to, and they're yeah. giving them short season, six episode season. So I think they're doing the best that they can. They're appeasing the fans. Yeah. They're appeasing with the actor schedules by making them a six episodes, you know, season, which it could be a yeah. longer one for the second season, but it was good. You know, Dead City was actually good. It was refreshing. It was in the city. It had the concrete jungle instead of the forest, you know. So it had the scenery was different. Um, you're dealing with a smaller cast. And again, you're going to hear that from more interviews from tonight. Um, you already heard a little bit about that uh, at the halfway point. But, yeah, we, 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 we see Negan. Negan is back to the old Negan that we used to love. He's ruthless. He's violent. He's badass. So uh, we get to see that in Dead City. So 
So he's yeah, not like a pacifist so. like he was later. Yeah, he softened up a little bit, you know, after he was, you know, in that makeshift jail. And he got married or whatever. Yeah. And then he got married, and then they talk a little bit about that, but in episode three, which hasn't, uh, which drops, I believe, this Sunday, we'll find out uh, more. That's what Jeffrey D. Morgan said at the panel, because I was curious about the wife and the kid. So we're going to get to that. Um, And Bupkis, uh, Pete Davidson's uh, series is going to get a second season. So uh, that was a big hit for them. I still do not understand why women find him so attractive. I I know. We talked about the show. It's crazy. It's an anomaly. He's funny. He's charismatic. Apparently, he's got a big dick energy. Um, And, of course, because one hot Hollywood star that dated him, the other one's going to date him. And it's unbelievable. It's it's <laughs> it's crazy how he but he somehow he does it. So so kudos to, to Pete Davidson, you know, yep. somehow being able to pull these uh, credible women, you know, that are way out of his league. But then again, you know, mm-hmm. he's a millionaire. So at that point, yeah, everything's out the window at that point, you know. So um Oh, and network TV news, Ryan Seacrest taking over Pat Sajak for Wheel of Fortune. This was uh, breaking news. Of course, Pat Sajak, Pat Sajak hosted the show for 41 seasons. That's a long time. Is he retiring or is he just, or is he being pushed out? You know, he, 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 he didn't really go into the reason, but he just said after pretty much a generic answer that after so many years of four, four decades of hosting, he's, he's ready. And the guy's in, you know what, he's in late 70s, he's, I believe. He's from our area, isn't he? Isn't he from Baltimore? I think he's from Anne Arundel County, but... Because uh, I know he's a big Orioles fan, so... Yeah, I guess, I mean, obviously he doesn't live here when he's when he's shooting uh, yeah. Wheel of Fortune, but I'm, I think I, I think I did hear that he has a house locally in, in Maryland and maybe off-season. Pat Sajak <laughs> wants to have a TV show out here. Uh, let us know. We could use the work. You, well, he's a he's a game show host, so if you're looking for acting, well, I'm sure you can act think, if he's been doing it for that long. It's like he could pull something off. I don't think you're gonna reach out to him, man. But uh, look, this is all of the the television stuff I have, so we're ready to move on to some wrestling, guys. So uh, as we do here on BTB, uh, which we've been bringing it back due to you know a little nostalgia because we used to do the pay per view uh, view picks, and we decided to make this a monthly thing on BTB is is predict. Our um our pay-per-view um picks and last month for Night of Champions we have new co-champs uh, for the picks myself and Wes Whitlock we tied and sadly I added that bonus rule whoever could predict the main event of those three main event matches Brock versus Cody uh, Seth versus AJ and then um uh, Kevin and Sammy versus uh, Solo and Roman Reigns would get an extra point. And sadly, I made that because now he's tied with me. <laughs> West tied with me. Yeah, so I'm not doing so good. Um, Just because so, that one pick that was so out of the... Dude, I, mean, I, I got to tell Michael about this pick. Paul picked Natalia to beat Rhea Ripley. And that's the most ridiculous prediction. Uh, it would have been I, a good shock. I, Wes and it would have been a good shock. But there is no way in hell they're going to put a 45-year-old woman over. She is there to, for enhancement talent only. And she, in fact, I think she's very lucky she got that pay-per-view spot, quite frankly. She's I, never I, gonna, think, I think that, that, yeah, but Vince is running stuff, so that's something Vince would have maybe done. I don't know. Natalie is, she's the one of the oldest. 
women on yeah, the roster. Yeah, has got too much heat, like popularity on her right now. So yeah, and when you picked that Paul, I was like, "There's no way." Was <laughs> like, I can see it, but yeah, you could see it. You could see. Uh, you could see. Um, no, I could. See, the, I still could see them going. Like, here's the old school word. I can see them going with that swerve. Like, yeah. just oh. to, even for just yeah. a show and then drop it the next week. Yeah, that's like, what I was thinking. I mean, because, I mean, that, that seems like something Vince would do just to throw people off. Because people were like, there's yeah. no chance that Natalia's going to beat Ripley. And if she does, it's like, hey. Well, anyways, you got four out of seven last month, Paul. So I got six out of seven. Wes got five out of seven, but he got the bonus point because I thought that AJ, um, Seth Rollins, because it's Night of Champions, I thought they were going to end with the world title. But then. Wes did make a point. Roman Reigns is the biggest star. So, of course, that's going to main event, you know. But nonetheless, let's talk about this upcoming pay-per-view. This is Money in the Bank. This is going to be at the O2 Arena in London, England, baby. Cross Are we all playing with British accents now? Bloody that's hell. Right. <laughs> that's right. Drink your spot of tea uh, for you on July 1st on Saturday. Yes. July 1st, Money in the Bank in London, England. Let's go ahead and Predict. All right. So we'll kind of do like a Ron Robin. So Wes already sent his picks because he is a, a, a reigning co-champion with myself. But I think I figured um, I won't announce his picks this way because um, he's not a live show. I mean, I, yeah. I, well, you can announce them after we do air picks. How about that? Yeah. Announce them. Because well, that way, yeah. if, you're, if you're worrying about swaying us, maybe that, that way. It won't sway us. He's the defending champion. Okay. All right. Let's start with the world heavyweight title match. Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins. I'll start for this one. Yeah. Seth Rollins is retaining. There's, there, I don't see. I mean, obviously, they want an Englishman to win. But an Englishman will, will win another match. Or a European will win another match. But, but not in this case. I see Seth uh, holding on to the title for a while. I know, uh, Big Paul, you alluded to Seth working on Captain America, but yeah. I believe he already shot his scenes. I, I'm, I don't know if he's if he's going to be ne- needed to leave for an extended amount of time. So I am predicting Seth Rollins wins and retains. All right, Mike Doherty, go next. Uh, I'm going to have to agree with you, and I think Vince McMahon's hometown role is going to go into play. Like wherever you're, whenever you're in your hometown, or, or in this case, in Ballard's like home country, uh, you're going to lose. It's just the way WWF works, yeah, so, or WWE works. But I also, then, but Finn is technically Irish, but nonetheless, well, yeah, it's I'm with still, you, absolutely. Still the UK. It's still the UK. Um, it depends on which part of Ireland he's in. So yeah, we'll we'll give it that. Uh, I think this actually could be the cause, like Finn Balor losing could be the cause to give uh, Judgment Day a little bit of like turmoil within the group. Uh, yeah, those factions. They all they all implode. Sorry for the, the Titan uh, sub, uh, submarine uh, <laughs> uh, word of. Uh, of Boy, that's a mean segue there. That's a <laughs> but, uh, well timed there, Al. Well timed. All right, all right, Big Paul. Who do you predict in the, in the world title match? Okay, I'm gonna have to go against you guys because I think because of what I said before with Finn Balor working on Captain America, I think he might have some time off, and if he has some time off. Well, why better to not to give uh, Finn Balor the title and then like you have a couple titles okay. with that group and it's like now as far as I know Seth Rollins already shot his stuff 
for Captain America. It's gonna, but there might be more it. stuff. I mean, we have the heat okay. shot. Right. So, like, you know how this right. works. We work one week, then we work two weeks okay. later. And... All right. So, hey, you know, that's completely fair. Okay, so uh, Big Paul's going with Finn Balor on that one. Yeah, I mean, okay. I would say Balor deserves it, but I think just because yes. hometown mm-hmm. rules, I think they're going to go Rollins. And he's he's the baby face, so pe- people will still be happy. Yeah. All right. Um, this one's a very easy prediction, but let's start with Big Paul Gunther defending against Matt Riddle for the Intercontinental Title. Um, I I give uh, Gunther the, the advantage because I just think he's they're just promoting him to the moon right now. I think he's going to be the big the big guy going into maybe WrestleMania. Even it's like he, they're just going to keep pushing him and pushing him and pushing him until he's to that level. Yeah. I agree with that. Yep. So, Michael, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I think Gunther as well. Yep. I'm going to go Gunther as well. believe they want, they, I think Vince and Crave really likes the long term champions holding the straps mm-hmm. with Roman Reigns and now with Gunther. And I think they want them to, you know, it's kind of looked as a joke that Honky Talk Man's the longest reigning Intercontinental Championship. My prediction is but that Gunther. Also, I, I just now thought about this too. You know Randy Orton's coming back too. Is he going to come back in time for the pay per view? Yeah. Well, um, that's an interesting question. I was going to get into Randy a little later, but I do have some news on yeah. him. But uh, he could be a factor. I don't think he's going to have a match. But I, I, I heard he's coming back. And if he comes back, he, what if he turns heel and like screws uh, Riddle? Because then you have an instant rivalry right there. Yeah, I mean that I would be my that... fantasy booking is that he comes back and screws the match for Riddle, whether that's... intentionally or unintentionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know what? I think that's an interesting theory, but wouldn't it be too rushed? Wouldn't you want to see the re, the re, the RK Bro reunion first for a little while, then have him turned down? Uh, I don't know, but that that that's very possible. Yeah. If Randy Orton does return, because yes, from um he is pretty much healing up from his uh, back surgery. Uh, he could toss um, Riddle the match and Gunther will retain. But yes, I am also going to um, I'm also going to say uh, Gunther's going to retain the Intercontinental Championship as well. All right, moving on to the women's tag team title. So as you know, um, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler are unified champions. They just unified the NXT uh, women's tag champions. So I think that's cool. I you know I think this should probably that doesn't make sense though. Well, I mean, I mean, know. it's almost like taking a minor league uh, trophy and putting it in the major leagues. It just doesn't. It's like it's just not right. Yeah, I guess they didn't feel the need to have a tag team championships exclusively for NXT, so they decided just to have one set of tag team champions. Yeah. Where Ronda and Shayna can go on NXT and kind of, you know, bring yeah. bring some ratings over to that show. But uh, I'm I'm gonna predict that Ronda and Shayna are uh, retaining. Um, uh, Liv and Raquel Rodriguez, I mean, you know, they were they never lost the title, so but you know, at the same time, Rhonda and Shannon are just a force to be reckoned with. They're legit badasses, and I we see a lengthy tag title reign for a while. So I'm gonna go with Ronda Rousey and Shannon Baszler to retain. Um and let's go with um Big Paul next. What do you got? Okay, I, I think I'm gonna go against you again. I think I'm gonna go with uh, Liv Morgan and Quell Rodriguez because it's like okay. I think Liv Morgan is the one they're going to try to push, especially with her coming back the way she is. And it just seems like they're trying to push. Uh, they've tried to push her before 
when she but she got hurt. So it's like I have a hunch he's going to be the one who wins the title. Or uh, I just I, I just think it's time for her to be honest with you because I mean I think they they've just done done so much with Ronda. It's like mm-hmm. okay, interesting. All right, how about you, Mike? I'm thinking I'm going to go with Paul on this one. I think uh, you can leverage Ronda. They're definitely starting to, especially with Seth Rollins, leverage some bigger names to NXT. And I think with Rousey and Baszler losing, you can take them over to NXT where they could be huge fishes, like a smaller pond, and work on Ronda a little bit. Because she's still, like, she's a great physical performer, but there's a lot of her that, like, she needs time to work on the mic. Right. You think she still needs a lot of work on the mic, really? I think so, yeah. She doesn't, yeah. her personality is just kind of stiff. It's interesting. Okay. I mean, it's crazy because she was main event in WrestleMania, you know? So and now she's kind well, of like, yeah, I mean, she's a huge name. She absolutely deserves to main mm-hmm. event. But I think what better way to elevate NXT and then also give her time in a, pl- a place to like make, you know, bigger changes. Her, her, her skills are running because that, that's yeah. the thing, like, I mean, I, like, years ago, I had a trial for a WCW, and I knocked somebody out cold, because, I mean, I have a martial arts, I have a mixed martial arts background, so the problem is, I like, trans- translating that over to, like, wrestling, which is more, like, just shoot fighting, more or less, I guess, or just, it's tough to do, because, I mean, you, you get hit a certain way, and you react a certain way, and that's just how it goes. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, it's uh, it takes practice, and that she has she's done a good job so far. But there's so much more she could learn because it's she's coming from a actual real fighting background to a fake fighting background, if that makes sense. All right, let's move on to the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. The participants are L.A. Knight, Butch of the Brawling Brutes, Santos Escobar, Ricochet, Shinsuke Nakamura, Damian Priest. And Logan Paul. We're going to start with Mike Darty on this one. Uh, my my pick would normally, I would go with like LA Knight because they're giving him a big push. But I think it's going to be Paul just because of how much money they're going to have to spend on him. Mm-hmm. And by giving him money in the bank, he doesn't have to show up every week. He can just call his shot at a major pay-per-view. So I'm going to say Logan Paul. Right on. How about you, Big Paul? I agree. I mean, it's like I was thinking of LA Knight too, but then again, with Logan Paul on there, it's like the, they're trying to push him to the moon too. And he's he's kind of like Rousey, where it's like he's not polished, polished yet, but for the little training he has, he's actually pretty good. So I have for for just the spots he does, it's like I think he's probably my favorite on that match. And I will agree. I think this is the first time all three of us are agreeing. Logan Paul. And the reason I think, because with the Money in the Bank um, briefcase, you have up to a year to cash it in. So, you know, they he's only brought in for certain pay-per-views. So yeah. it would make sense that it's a gimmick that would work for him. And mm-hmm. the thing is that there have been Money in the Bank winners that did not successfully finish in and become champion like Otis, for instance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it could well, be the that same was just a dumb thing they did anyway. They screwed that whole thing up. It oh, was horrible. Yeah. It was definitely horrible. Um, and that was during the pandemic. But uh, but yeah, not everybody um, cashes in. Now, this is for the men's. For the women's, though, there's 100% um, turnover 
um, with the the women's championship for 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 those that have won the women's Money in the Bank briefcase, they have been able to cash in successfully. Um, so uh, let's talk about the women's match now. Um, Io Sky, Bailey, Becky Lynch, Zelina Vega, Zoe Stark, and Hall of Famer Trish Stratus. I'm gonna have Big Paul start this one. Okay, I'll probably go with Trish Stratus because this is like her last run. And it's like, I think they're going to try to put the title on her just to, okay. as a way to finish her career. You know what I mean? Because it's like, how, how much more time does she have left? And and she she's big with the fans and she's a great heel. So I have a hunch now is her time. She is a great heel. Um, and the reason why I won't, I'm not picking Trish because she had a huge win over Becky Lynch uh, last month. So because of that, and because Becky did do the job last time and i think they're just kind of really hinting at um becky lynch versus uh Rhea, which i think would have a lot of main event potential but i can really see um someone like a becky just cashing it in but n- not as a surprise and kind of just putting it on the line and i, I for that i'm gonna pick i'm gonna put becky lynch because she did the job last month okay. um you know, she needs she needs a little. I mean, she was a main eventer at WrestleMania. You know, I think she needs a little something. Of course, but then I don't you, think no, Becky, say she's doing a TV show now too. So, and also Becky has never won the Money in the Bank uh, briefcase, so that's another thing that will work in our favor. So I'm going with Becky Lynch. How about you, Mike Doherty, the Rainmaker? Uh, I'm going to go against both of you and go Bailey. And really, okay. The reason I go with Bailey is that you just pointed out, like you have the Becky Lynch, Trish Stratus storyline that still isn't finished yet. And you have Bailey, who's kind of been stuck being this almost manager like character for a while, giving yeah, her money sure. in the bank, giving the woman's money in the bank, like gives her a shot to kind of go back to not going back to the hugger Bailey, but like being somebody worth making a chase for. Yeah. Interesting. That's where it comes from. Okay, wow. All right, we've got two more matches to predict. Um, the, the Bloodline Civil War match. Wow, the the Bloodline is imploding. Um, so it's going to be the Usos versus Sola Sokoa and the Universal Champion Roman Reigns. I guess I'll start with this one. Um, this one's a little difficult to predict. The Usos, I feel like, need a big win. Solo and Roman la- last month lost against Sami Zayn and uh, Kevin Owens at the pay-per-view in uh, Saudi Arabia. And I think the thing was, like, I predicted Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens last month because I couldn't see them as tag champions. In this case, there's no tag team championship on the line. And I feel that Roman needs... I mean, granted, he's very, very, he's very dominant in what he does. But I think because they lost last month, I think I'm going to give, I'm going to, I'm going to predict Sol Sokoa and Roman Reigns to go over the Usos. That's what I'm going for. All right, Big Paul. See, I'm going to go against you again. I mean, I think I'm going to go with the, the Usos because if you think about it, what if something Roman does? calls them the match i mean then there's another member of the bloodline that might leave and you might have a second the rumor is they might have two bloodlines because i heard like one of the other cousins might be coming over too so it's like 
it would make mm. sense to break Roman up from his other cousins. So it's like from Solo, okay. From Solo, so, so, so then he'll be like a champion that's off on his own, and he'll he'll be kind of like vulnerable, and he'll have to bring somebody else in to help him. Interesting. Yeah, this one's a little hard to predict. I'll have to admit. All right, Mike Doherty. Uh, I think I'm going to agree, Paul. I think you're going to see the Usos win. You're going to have Sami Zayn and uh, Kevin Owens cause some form of interference. I also like part of me feels like this might be the way to get Ro- the title off of Roman. Like if they're one of the headliner matches and the the okay. Money in the Bank match happens earlier, whoever wants that match could come in and cash. Because I don't know, mm-hmm. like you have 400 and some odd days left before Roman gets to Hulk Hogan status. Like he's never going to get Bruno San Martino because that's like 2000. No, he needs. Yeah, no. And I think the bloodline storyline is like kind of hitting its peak. So okay. I think that I, I agree, Paul. I think it's going to be the Usos. The Usos and in a tag match, he doesn't have to lose. It could be Solo doing it, doing the yeah, job. Right. That's true. Right. Yeah, it was a little tough. I'm just going on based on what happened last month. But yes, to to um, add to what you said, Mike, the Tribal Chief reached 1,028 days with a universal title, surpassing Pedro Morales with 1,027 days to become the fourth longest champion in WWE history. Now he's got to hold on to that title for another year or so to beat Hulk Hogan, as you said. And then you have Bob Backlund and Bruno Sammartino. And those those might be a little more impossible to I wouldn't say impossible. Yeah, yeah, Bob Backlund and Bruno Sammartino. Bob Backlund with 2,135 days and Bruno Sammartino with 2,803 days. So yeah, I think with how little it's just hard to believe Bob Backlund had that title for that long because I mean you just look at him, he's like he doesn't look intimidating at all. That's a different time. He was different times in the eighties. Yeah. I think with uh, Roman not performing as much as he, like anybody else, getting him to a thousand more days is just going to damage the character more than anything. Yeah, you're right. Wow. It's going to damage the character. So you think he's going to surpass... Well, don't you think it'll be a stronger storyline too, like if Solo turns on Roman? Because, I mean, I just think that would be a good good and best storyline. I I think it's just too much too soon, so... Well, we have one more one more match to predict, guys. All right. This was another eh, one might think it was easy to predict, but there's some factors where it will make it difficult to predict. But anyways, Cody Rhodes versus Dominic Mysterio. And uh Mike Darty, you're gonna start this one. Uh this is a tough one for me because I think if if Paul Levesque is still in charge of storyline, Cody is on the hard times path. I think he's gonna lose. So hmm. I'm picking uh, Dominic over, and in a in a fluky, like Cody gets screwed sort of way. Right. And okay. I'm going Dominic because I think they're doing the hard time storyline for him to kind of eventually get yeah. to WrestleMania next year and win the championship. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah, this is a tough one, but that that's a very possible way it could go. All right, Big Paul. I think I'm going to go the opposite because that's sounds like Vince is in charge. So if Vince is in charge, you know Cody's just going to win. So And Cody deserves it. He really just kind of like had a hard hard luck year so far. And then if the belt comes off of Roman, it's like that makes it even easier. So Yeah, I'm going to agree with Paul on this one. 
um, as you know, Cody did a job last month to uh, Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And one could also predict Brock Lesnar could get involved with this match. Um, yeah, that that you know, see, this is a possible scenario. Brock could get involved and cause a DQ, and that would cause uh, that would cause um, would that cause uh, Dominic to win? Dominic to win? Well, I don't yeah. know if you get a DQ, yeah. but if Brock comes in and does damage on Cody enough that Cody's kind of out of it. Yeah. Like, so you got Rhea causing a distraction with the referee. Brock comes in, smashes him with something, throws him back in the ring just in time for Dom to pin and the ref to turn around. Don't have to have a DQ. It's still a clean win, but it's an ugly win. That's a bad win that you were alluding to. Yeah. 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 Um, This is very, very difficult, but wow, it was kind of... I feel like Dom needs that big win too, but not against the man that is Cody. I think Dominic can put uh can go over on someone else. So yeah, it was yeah. a tough decision. I'm gonna go with Cody Rhodes for this one. Yeah, it was tough. Ooh, that was tough. The the, the, the tag titles and the, the Cody Rhodes Dominic match were were tough to predict, but we'll see what happens there. And let's see if we're if uh if uh I still uh retain the the championship or oh. are or we done with uh, the picks? We're done with the picks, so you want to hear yeah, Wes well, what were Whitlock's? Picks? You want to hear Wes Whitlock's picks? Okay, yeah, so yeah, just throw his picks out there too, so at least so we have everything Wes, out there. Wes uh, Wes Whitlock, uh, who's a reigning co-champion with myself, pre- predicted Gunther will win the Intercontinental Championship. He predicted. Now this one's a little wild one. This is kind of like an Italian line. He predicted Damian Priest would win. Oh, Men's kind of money. In, yeah, that's a shocking one. He also predicted EO Sky would win the Women's Money in the Bank Championship um, ladder match. Yeah, so EO Sky is a surprising one, right? Mm-hmm. He predicted the Usos would win over um, Solo and Roman. He predicted Seth would retain over Finn Balor. He initially said Cody versus Dominic is on the fence because he feels like Brock is going to show up and attack Cody, but he's going to go with Cody no matter what. So he's saying oh. Cody. And the women's tag champs uh, retain. So that's Ronda Rousey and Sheena Baszler. So, yeah, that's um, Wes's predictions that we read here. And um, a couple more wrestling Nobody things. Matches, uh, I mean, somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a pretty good card. So I'm really looking forward to it this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see a couple of uh, wrestling headlines that I have here. Apparently, like you alluded to, Paul, um, yeah. Vince is back and creative and kind of has a final say again which i mean it's a that's probably a decision of endeavor endeavor probably wanted it the wrestling fans probably were really happy with triple h running everything but apparently um vince mcmahon made some drastic changes to uh smackdown this past friday apparently looked bad all over and apparently triple h and um Nick Khan expressed their frustration directly to Vince McMahon. And there was like a big meeting that took place uh, for discussions on WWE Creative, including plans for SummerSlam and Survivor Series. And apparently they want the, the all brands to be featured on Survivor Series because, yeah, it seems like they're pushing NXT to be a little stronger. Not as big as Raw and SmackDown, but, but strong. Do you know what I think they might be doing? Because uh, AEW now has a third show that's kind of like a lesser show, but still mainstay show, just to, more or less to get CM Punk away from everybody else. I think right. they're going to try to have a third brand to com- compete with the uh, AEW. 
like a third main brand, not like a minor Maybe brand. So, like, but you know what? I mean, for instance, Seth Rollins defending the title, his world title on NXT yeah. against Braun Breaker. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, you know, that's a good way to get some stock in NXT, man, for sure. Yeah. As I said, I think they're trying to promote NXT as like an up and coming show, but also still a main show kind of like, but a lesser main show than Braun Smackdown. Yeah. I mean, it's evident in, in where they hold the NXT. Mm-hmm. Other than the NXT pay-per-views, I mean, it's in it's small. But, I mean, I, I, as I said, I just think it's elevated now because you have Collision now for AEW, and I just think they need they wanted something to compete with Collision. Yeah. Collision completely fair. Completely fair. Um, so, WWE has a new broadcaster, Jackie Redmond. This actually made uh, mainstream uh, entertainment news, which I thought was surprising. Um, so now they have uh, Jackie Redman as the backstage interviewer for Monday Night Raw alongside Byron Saxton. And then Kathy Kelly will now move to SmackDown where she'll join Kayla Braxton as a backstage interviewer. Um, and uh, she is a smoke show, by the way. Got to check her out. Um, the Bachelorette on uh, ABC is back. And there is one. NXT I'm not going to watch it. There's one NXT star in uh, the Bachelorette, and it's um, his name is Kale Dixon. So apparently he's uh, you know in the NXT Performance Training Center, hasn't been on TV yet, but um, his real name is Kayla Balgard, and he he did say that he is a uh, wrestling superstar. He's a professional wrestler, and he made it past the first round on the first episode. So there you go. Um, <laughs> Um, he's only 24 years old. Uh, he lives in Orlando, which is where NXT is. Yeah. He played baseball at South Alabama University, and um, he enjoys fishing and playing guitar. So there you go. Um, I think it's funny to see. Like, uh, I think um, Kenny Kenny from Tough Enough was on The Bachelor as well, or The Bachelorette. I remember him being on The Bachelorette as well. So I thought that's kind of it's kind of cool to see some wrestlers yeah. in reality television kind of making their waves. You know what I mean? Um, Braun Strowman back in the gym preparing for his WWE in-ring return. He had neck fusion surgery, so very. Uh, well, you know, like one of the early winners was a Raven, right? The one guy, uh, the first winner, I think, was like the backup Ravens quarterback. Oh yeah. Are we talk- Wait, we we going back to the Bachelor? Yeah. Oh okay. Interesting. Didn't know that. Yeah, I forget his name, but yeah, I had a card of him. He he was like a backup okay. Ravens quarterback. Yeah, it's good to have a presence on a reality television, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, the late great Ashley Massaro, uh, who was a diva, she was on Survivor. Sad that she passed away, but but yes, going back to Braun Strowman, he's in the gym, he's trying to make his comeback. Um, he had a uh, neck fusion surgery on the C4 and C5 vertebrae. Um, and he's you know, he's starting the lightweight training again. Um, yeah, man, he hasn't wrestled since his May 1st match. Um, and, uh, he's been out of, you know, been out of commission and, uh, yeah, those next surges are very, I mean, they're very, very risky, you know? So I really hope that, that he's going to be okay. And, uh, well, that's, that's why I didn't, that's why I didn't get one. I mean, when I flipped my truck, I mean, I, I had fractures in my neck. I just had to go through physical therapy. It's like, they said I, I could get it, but it's just something. You didn't get the fusion. You, wow. No. I mean, you could actually see where I, like where where my head was. I mean, I always like worked out and stuff. So I mean, I always worked out on my. I used to do a lot, a lot of stuff with my neck too. So I mean, that might have helped it. But I mean, I did. Ha- I do have some fractures, and for a while I couldn't turn my head. So it's like, my God. 
But I mean, like the outline, you could see where my head hit on the truck because the truck was like bent, like around that area on the picture. Oh. All right. And we have an update on Randy Orton. So you're talking about Randy Orton interfering in the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, um, which is very possible. Apparently, his status is good. Now, he had a very serious back fusion surgery. So, uh, um, you know, I mean, back fusion surgery is, is you know, pretty serious yeah. too it's on the same same uh level right. as a neck surgery so apparently he's recovered and he's doing much better and kurt angle said that on uh the ep- latest episode of the kurt angle show said that he spoke with randy gordon he's doing good he's recovered he's back, so. all right a couple of AEW things um so cm punk was victorious against uh satoshi ojima at AEW's forbidden door and apparently he used Hulk Hogan's leg drop in that match. Uh, what do you think did. of that, Mike? I, I didn't see I didn't see the match or I didn't see the pay per view at all. Uh, what kind of reaction did he get to using the leg drop? Uh, he had he was a tough crowd. He got a lot of booze, but <laughs> it was one of those things where he had been mm-hmm. kind of mocking Hogan like the whole time, like he was doing the hand to the ear thing a lot. Wow. So yeah. then he end of the year and then he did the leg drop and he got up and he was just like he was i know hogan now aew no no no. but it's like i they're trying to push cm punk as a baby face but with the crowd reaction he was absolutely like behaving like a heel even so that like at the end when he went up the ramp like for aew if you go left you're a heel and you go right you're a baby face he starts to go left and then he turns around and like does a shrug and then goes right yeah so I think, uh, yeah, it was a it was a good match. Interesting. And uh, just a note, Paul, I think Hulk Hogan is persona non grata AEW. I think that Tony Khan said that he was not welcome okay. for some of the things okay. that he said, controversial things he said. But apparently I just he's... thought maybe they would have brought him in and just kind of just had him like interfere in a match or, yeah. or something. Well, Occasionally, yeah. he'll be brought in for a special Raw, you know, one of those things, mm-hmm. or WrestleMania. I think Sting's the only WCW guy we'll see for a while there. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, wow. Brian Danielson, uh, victorious uh, in his match against Kazushika Okada. And he, uh, after the match, he said he revealed that he might have suffered a broken right forearm, forearm yeah, towards did. the end of the match. Oh, he did. He did indeed. Wow. Yeah. His, uh, his wife texted a picture. It's the, the top forearm bone complete oh, fracture. Uh, and he, oh, he wrestled with it for like over 10 minutes over 10 minutes that's right he had 10 minutes well, left you have to give him credit because i mean he, he's another one who messed up his back and neck and stuff so oh yeah wow six to eight weeks is that all it takes to for a, a broken forearm to heal six to eight weeks kind of mm-hmm. that's surprising um and then of course mgf mjf uh who i think would be great in wwe one day um I could see him feuding with the Miz and a lot of top stars. He defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi for the AEW World Championship. And, uh, uh, what was the, when the, a few years ago, or maybe even like a year ago? What was that deal with? The, didn't he have some beef or something with his contract, or did they work that out? Uh, I I think that was a bit of a work. Like you know, work, it, okay. was, it was pr- he was promoting that he might go to WWE, he might go somewhere else, and like right. And then he still stuck around, like the contract got fined. So yeah. I think yeah. it was just, it was a great way to work. be like, yeah, AEW does like doing the like, will they, won't they? 
Like, will they leave? Okay. Won't they leave? Like, yeah. And, and they mentioned can... the WWE freely on on the show. Oh yeah. And MJF tore a promo with Regal like like last year, and uh, about yeah. uh, <laughs> about how he was trying to get WWE, and and Regal didn't you know give him a chance then, and now he's a big star. Blah blah blah. So it was That's pretty crazy. The difference between the two brands, like WWF acts like they're the only show in in the world. Yes. Yes. And then you have AEW who does like Forbidden Door, which shares New Japan wrestlers. Yep. They also yeah. openly talk about like the WCW days or WWF. Like there it's fascinating the difference between the two. It's interesting because I thought they were on their way to doing something like that, uh, Mike, with uh, I believe Mickey James was in the women's Royal Rumble match and yeah, she was right. the tech champion. And I thought they were going to go for a, a Forbidden Door type thing. Yeah, but you, know, I, you know, they might they might do that with Impact because Impact I heard like on the outside of the AEW, so maybe that's maybe they're trying to work some deal with. Maybe WWE. they should. Maybe they should do a deal with that. And um, now, yeah, now how the hell this worked, Al? What about like what's his name? Um, uh, uh, the the Quebecer. What's his name? I forget his name. Because he he's in Impact. Um, Oh, God. oh uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Olay, oh, 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 I forgot his name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What happens if he comes back? Because him and Triple H have real beef because Triple H kind of like screwed him over with the with his group. I don't know if you remember that or not. He said that's why he never made it in WWE because yeah. Triple H back the backstage politics to keep him back. So they yeah. could bring a real life angle back into the WWE. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well. Let's go ahead and wrap up the show. I think that's all I have for wrestling. Uh, we do, of course, announce the RIPs for those that are no longer with us as we close the show. Uh, coroner's investigation to the death of Adam Rich made us enough. Uh, confirmed that he had sadly died from an accidental overdose of fentanyl. Um, really, really sad. He's only 54. And, uh, dude, when you reach a certain age, don't fuck with cocaine anymore because you never know. At, at any age, really, because... There, and look at Charlie Sheen, because Charlie Sheen can live through anything. Well, there were that, that's the problem. The, the, well, that's the thing. Back then, when Charlie Sheen was doing all that cocaine, there wasn't a fentanyl crisis, and now there is. So, no, you're right. If you don't know where it's coming from, granted, should I would never endorse drug use, but yeah, a lot of people are dying from this fucking fentanyl. So you're you right. know, this guy was a child star in the '80s and, and '70s, and he's 54 years old, dude. You know, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So rest in peace, um, Adam Rich. Um, Sad, sad news. This breaks my heart. They found uh, human remains, uh, which was confirmed to be uh, actor Julian Sands. Um, apparently, he was missing since January 13th, and they reported him missing. They didn't announce him as dead, and they were just doing just searches for him for months and months, and didn't yeah. find anything until a couple hikers finally found him um, in Mount Baldy. And um, apparently the cause of death is still under investigation, but apparently he was about 45 miles east of Los Angeles. And apparently the mountains had been treacherous with potential avalanches. And uh, he was in, uh, yeah, I mean, he was a very well-known actor. Um, he appeared uh, as uh, Dorel in Smallville, if you were in Smallville. Mm-hmm. He was Vladimir Branko in the TV series 24. Um, a with a View. He was a warlock. Um, he had quite a bunch of credits, man. And uh, yeah, it's really sad, sad to hear that uh, 
the what they found was was uh, the remains that they found was indeed Julian Sands. Of course, yes, we have to say rest in peace for those that were in the um, the Titan, the implosion right. that killed all um, five occupants, including father and son, Shazada Dawood and Sulman Dawood, Amish Harding, Stockton Rush, and Paul Henry Nargalit. Um, yeah, that got a lot of media press, um, that whole... Um, that whole story, man, about that uh, Titan. And uh, it's interesting. Um, James Cameron actually had a, a comment on it. He told ABC News that many people in the community were concerned about the sub and wrote letters to the company saying that they were only doing what they were doing was too experimental and what they were doing needed to be certified. And he's absolutely right, right. dude. I mean, uh, right. apparently, this Ocean Gate expedition um, sub uh, was not ready. It was certainly not even the beta testing level, probably. Yeah, but they said there were issues when they were testing it. They'd like it would lose power sometimes. Yeah. Or they said yeah. Lose connection. So Josh mm-hmm. Gates, who does Expedition Unknown, said he was supposed to go on it as part of the show. And, oh, wow. you know, they do rigorous tests to make sure because, A, you know, that they're not going to put their host of a major TV show onto something right. that's going to die. And right. this thing would not pass any major clearances for safety and stuff like that. So he's like, you know, not surprised, but while it's sad that people died, he's not surprised considering all the ways that it just was not safe. It was not safe and it's a relatively new um, technology mode. Um, And um, I mean, these folks pay $250,000 to experience this, you know, and, uh, yeah, no, I think we're very, very far from being a safe mode of of, of, of a hobby or a venture. Unless you're James Cameron, who has the best stuff, because James Cameron Cameron's stuff works better. That's the thing. They weren't even able to see the Titanic, so that's a sad, sad story. Um, even though there had been successful submarine launches in the past, right? Yeah, I mean, that's been, the right? part that doesn't get me. It's like, if you have that much money why wouldn't you not go to somebody like James Cameron and buy, like, if you're just trying to do yeah. something commercial, go buy one of his subs. And there's other companies, like there's a company right. that Cameron invests in for this. Like the, right. the technology that's out there that's been cleared, like go buy one of, like spend a million or $2, buy one of those and then do commercial runs. Absolutely. You're at least using tested material. Yeah, exactly. And then we also lost Nicholas Coster, soap opera star from another world. Sadly, uh, died at the age of 89. He was also in Santa Barbara, All My Children. We also lost Lou Palter, veteran actor, uh, who's also admired by the Cal Arts School of Theater as uh, a faculty member. Um, he was actually in James Cameron's Titanic, incidentally enough. We're just talking about James Cameron. He played the department store magnet Isidore Strauss. I don't know if you remember that scene. Apparently, there's a department store in Titanic. Uh, in the in the film, there was a, a scene with cool. the uh, apartment store. I vaguely remember the scene, but he was. Is the that one. the one that combined with? Uh, did they combine with Levi's? Is that why it's Levi Strauss? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm not sure about that one. Because not, not um, Levi, the Levi Strauss. So I was wondering if they, they might have combined or I don't. Yeah. Also, Frederick Forrest, actor best known for supporting roles in the Apocalypse Now and The Rose, sadly, but uh, died at the age of 86. 
and Finnis Dean Smith's stuntman in the uh, John Wayne Westerns. There's also an Olympic gold medalist. He died at the age of 91. That's um, those have uh, sadly passed away and we definitely celebrated life. First of all, congratulations yeah. to John Hamm, who's now a married man. He went actress Anna Osakola during a ceremony in Big Sur, which was featured in the finale of Mad Men. So there you go. And happy birthday to the following. Julia Duffy, legendary actress from New Heart of 72. J.J. Abrams from Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Alias, all your favorite shows and films. J.J. is 57. Um, Toby Maguire, the original Spider-Man. Can you believe he is 48? Holy smokes. He doesn't look that old, though. Yeah. Uh, look, I turned great. 47 on Monday. Anything is not surprising. <laughs> exactly. Chloe Kardashian. You know the sad thing is I'm like 42 and I have gray hair and people think I'm older than I am. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just tell people that like, pushes out the wrinkles because they think I'm younger. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Gotta keep it keep it right, keep it tight, right? <laughs> We're actors, so a lot of us have to kind of bend the age range a little bit there. Uh the Kardashian, that is Chloe. Chloe Kardashian's 39. Drake Bell from Drake and Josh is 37. He was, was that the one with the problems, or is that the other one? Yeah, he was missing, but apparently was found immediately after. He was okay. okay. Sam Claffin from The Hunger Games is 37. Ed Westwick from Gossip Girls, 36. Um, Singer Her is 26. And Chandler Riggs, Carl, Carl from The Walking Dead is 24. That's birthday today. That, so. I remember meeting him when he was a kid at a convention. Right. Yeah, he's 24 now. That's a thing. And Lily Rose Depp, she's like the same age, I think. Is he back into acting or is he? Because I know he took time off. That's why they got yeah, rid of him. Yeah, he, he, he did, to... he did um, a million little things that show on ABC and he's done okay. a few things. Yeah. And uh, I, I wasn't sure if he went back or not because I know he wanted to go to college and that's why he left. But. Yeah, he got a, he kind of got that end of the deal after he like bought a house and he thought it was going to stay on walking dead for extended season. They decided to kill his character off. His dad was all pissed off. That was, yeah. that was a while back, but nonetheless, we're wrapping up tonight's um, below the belt. show it was a fantastic show from top to bottom. Wow. We got a lot in I'd like to thank of course our amazing panel and uh, starting with that's right. He is a Sith Lord. I am a Sith Lord. <laughs> that's right he's six foot eight and you can't teach that or six foot seven or six foot eight six foot seven should i should oh, I, correct six foot seven and a half, so I guess six foot eight okay. is close enough a six 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 foot eight is close enough all right we'll keep it at six foot eight good god we have the one and only michael the rainmaker darty um i i i, I wish we could have come up with a cooler nickname but i guess it will do uh oh, is yeah. that the same okay. name as okada is that okada the rainmaker yeah he is he is. <laughs> well, there you go. There's a wrestling tie in there. Like Which Dory, was a great you. match, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for joining us here on BTB. Happy I'm Al Celebrity Soto, and uh, closing tonight with, that's right, the rest of my Walking Dead, Dead City, red carpet interviews from Tribeca. It's a big one, guys. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. We have Hillary Burton Morgan. That's um, GDM's wife. Might know her from One Tree Hill. And Cassidy McClincy, who was a guest on the carpet 
who was Lydia in The Walking Dead. She's not in Dead City, but she was on the carpet, so I got to talk to her as well. So great interviews uh, for you Walking Dead fans. You should be all over this show uh, tuning in. And, of course, please watch. Because sure uh, she was there, wouldn't she be on the show? Like maybe at the end. She said, she said, she's, I said the million dollar question. Are you in it? She's like, no, I'm not in it. I'm supporting the rest of the walking dead cast. So there you go. There are are a few walking dead cast members there. Um, Elijah, the actor who played Elijah was on the carpet. Um, There's a few others. The other one's escaping right now, but, uh, but yeah, they were in the mix, man. So, but anyways, on behalf of everybody uh, on the virtual panel, guys, we will see you next week. We got some. We got a big one next week. Uh, I believe these are the final Tribeca interviews, but uh, the the red carpet of Catching Dust, starring one of my favorites, and of course she is Starlight from Amazon's The Boys, Erin Moriarty. My gosh, amazing! I got to talk to her about her movie at Tribeca. That's gonna be next week, guys. Wow, we got some great stuff. We got great awesome con interviews that are uh, that are going to be uh, being played. We have a great fan expo interviews uh, that we've already heard. But yes, Comic Con uh, stuff is great, and we'll be upcoming as well. Um, Short Leaf Con in Hunt Valley, so we're looking forward to that one as well. All right, so on behalf of everybody that's in studio. We will see you guys next week. Until then, peace. That's right, guys. We have the one and only Jeffrey Dean Morgan back as Negan in Walking Dead, Dead City. My first question, Jeffrey, what timeline are we looking at right after season 11? How much time has passed by? Yeah, I think it's, we decided it's a couple years. It's a good two years since uh, we saw Negan walk off into the sunset. Right. But I also saw that the, the old Negan could be back because you're kind of uh, uh, working with someone that you knew maybe from your past. Yeah, well, that and I think that in the last two years have been hard on Negan. Um, you know, the last time we saw him, he had been with the group for a long time and kind of gotten, you know, as comfortable as Negan's ever gotten with the group. And that much time with people, I think in show years, it's a total of like 15 years that he was there, because he was also in jail for 10 years. Right, right. Um, this we skip forward in in, in our show. But between that and uh, something happens to his family, and he sort of loses his shit. So when we find Negan in this, he's not in the best of shape, and so he has regressed, and it's kind of his way to survive. Now, other than taking place in Manhattan, what is the main difference between this show and the main flagship Walking Dead show? Well, there's only there's only a couple of us in it. Instead of trying to service 25 characters, yeah. we really are servicing only a couple, and so you get yeah. to really learn about them and find out who they are. Fantastic. And we cannot wait to see this premiere episode. How many seasons do we see The Walking Dead, Dead City uh, going, on, going on for? It's anybody's guess. Yes. Uh, that's an AMC question, right. not a Jeffrey Dean question. Awesome. All right. Jeffrey Dean, thank you so much. We're here with Hillary Burton Morgan, actress extraordinaire, and of course the wife of Jeffrey Dean Morgan here at the Dead City premiere. Um, how does it feel to be here on the red carpet supporting Jeffrey uh, at this major spinoff of The Walking Dead? I think it's really important to support your spouses in this industry, and so I have told him I'll come to anything. You know, I'm so proud of the work 
that not only he put into The Walking Dead, but he's put into this spinoff because Negan is a bad man again. And I'm here for it. Yeah, and we saw you in uh, Walking Dead in one of the flashback episodes of Negan's story. Um, how did you, well, how was your experience working with Jeffrey in that, in that scenario? That was weird. I mean, it was like <laughs> in the middle of the real pandemic, and yeah. we were talking about like a zombie pandemic. Yeah. And I think there were a lot of emotions that were very real because we were all super scared at the time. And so it was great to be with him and to have our whole family together. And we lived in Alexandria. Um, so that was an experience that I don't think we'll ever be able to replicate. Yeah. And I'm really curious about the storyline. Negan has a wife, uh, a baby on the way, last we saw in. Uh Season 11. So are we going to get some answers in this premiere? I don't know. I, I literally haven't seen anything yet. Okay. He won't let me watch it at home. So he's like, no, you have to come. Nice. So I'm so, doing my homework tonight. So both of us will be watching it for the first yeah, time. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped about it. My son's so bitter. He's like, why didn't dad bring me? He's like, it's a date, kid. Scram. <laughs> and, and one more question. Well, do you think there will be a One Tree Hill reunion? And if so, would you want to be a part of it? I mean, we're doing a reunion with our rewatch podcast, Drama Queens, and so we've been able to bring a lot of our cast members onto the show, and I think just that camaraderie is really healing, and it's fun, you know? We had a good time on that show. I don't know. I don't act anymore. I'm a mom. Okay, okay. Well, Lucille, that was, that was something. That was something. Yeah, one day. Thank you so much, Hillary. Guys, we're here with Cassidy McClincy from The Walking Dead. But I guess the million dollar question, are you in Walking Dead, Dead City? Yeah, I am not. You're <laughs> I'll not? just say okay. easy answer. I'm just here supporting my, yes. my family, yes. my GWD family, and I'm just super excited to go see what they've been working on. Really? Or possibly the return of Lydia and any of uh, the other Walking Dead spinoffs? I, I heard rumors about the Daryl Dixon show, no? Oh, I will say nothing. Okay. But, cool. Yeah, I'll just say nothing. I, I don't think there's a right answer for that, so I'm going to say no, 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 nothing, nothing, nothing. What are your thoughts on uh, how, you, how the show ended and, uh, your, and closure for your character? Oh what are your thoughts? It was crazy. I, like Part of me wasn't really expecting a happy ending for everyone. Um, but it was definitely weird that day of filming. I was like, is this even the same show that we've been working on? Um, yeah, I remember Hilltop was all colorful. It felt like, like a whole new happy camper comedy. <laughs> ADD. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm um, I'm just really looking forward to see what what else they've um, they've been doing here and in France and yes. other places. That's the thing. Uh, the fans still get three spinoffs. The Walking Dead is not over. That, that's also yeah, no. It'll never be over. Yeah. It will last forever. I'm waiting for them to do one in Asia. That's what I'm I'm like holding out for. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about working so closely with Samantha Morton uh, early in the season. Samantha, she is uh, brilliant. She's just such a role model. Like she's an amazing actress, but also an amazing person. And and she's like the complete opposite of Alpha. And I think I, I learned so much from her and the way that she treats people and just the way that she prepares and is so passionate about the craft. It was really, really a gift to be mentored by her at first and just to just be able to watch her, honestly. Yeah, being in close proximity with her was, was very... Um, yeah, I was very lucky. I feel yes. like. yeah. Phenomenal, phenomenal actress. Any other pro uh, projects you're promoting? 
Oh gosh, yes. Um, I've uh, I just finished a an indie called The Snare, and um, we're working to get it into some festivals now, and we're just finishing up posts. So hopefully, I can uh, I can share that soon with, with everyone. But uh, it's a really really cool thriller. It's kind of like a panic attack in a movie, and, and uh, yeah, it's working really hard for it. So I'm excited. Yes, if you could let us know who you are, and you're on Below the Belt show. Oh, beautiful. Yes. yes. <gasps> Excitement below the belt. Yeah, let's show. Know who you are. I'm Cassie McClincy. You guys are oh, yes. Hi there. I'm Cassie McClincy. I play Lydia on Walking Dead, and I'm here representing the Dead City Walking Dead family. So tune in to it. You're on. Yes. I'm on Below the Belt show. <laughs> well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying. Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.